Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts. This is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. Hello, everyone. Sorry, it's a Tuesday again. It's been a fucking busy weekend, though. There was a lot to catch up on. It's mainly my fault. Uh, But mainly, JP, all I want to know is what's the most interesting place you watched the match this weekend? Because, my God, I felt like JP trying to fit matches in in the the G1 matches (laughs) in, in the work toilets and on the bus to work and... On my lunch break, it's been it's been tough to try and watch everything this weekend. Well, today was probably the, a lot of it at work this week. Joe's Joe's been on holiday, so he's not had this. But I had uh, I was watching some today. He'll know this. Uh, one of our one of our managers, Catherine, walks in during. <laughs> shout out there uh, to Catherine. Yeah, shout out to Catherine. She won't be listening. <laughs> be, that would be an unusual chain of events. Might play it to her. Um, don't. No. <laughs> and she came in as uh, Naito Taichi was on. And I just went, yeah, it's Japanese wrestling. It's exactly what what you think it is. And then, uh, and she was all, she didn't get it. Bless her. She tried to be nice about it. I paused it, and then we had a work meeting about curriculum for the next hour. Nice. So that's it. Yeah. Nothing on the bus. Nothing going for a run. I'm disappointed, JP. A little bit on, little bit on the bus. A little bit on the bus on Monday. Outside of that. Yeah, primarily been able to sit down and watch it inside a room, preferably on like a massive screen as well. Because those room were you in? Uh, two one zero. Ah, best screen. Shout out to two one zero. Great screen. <laughs> cracking room opposite two science labs. I digress, <laughs> but it's got a cracking screen. Oh, oh, good. Joe, do you watch it? Anything anywhere interesting, or just on? Do you spend your whole holiday catching up on wrestling, or how have you been? I don't. Decent weekend. I didn't go anywhere too dramatic this weekend. So busy, but mostly at home. So managed to get it in. And I had today off and yesterday off. So yeah, for once, I probably watched more than everyone else, which is a first. Wow, <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah. To start booking some days off. It's just getting. It's this is kind of the start of the summer, and it's only getting worse from here. Uh, it's going to be a crazy few weeks. I'm I'm on holiday basically from Thursday onwards. Oh. So at that point, like I'll be completely headlong into this. Mm. Yeah, I think I'll kind of be in the same boat. Um, but yeah, the other thing I was going to mention, Joe, as well, is we got feedback uh, asking for more Wu Tang sing alongs for you. I don't know if you're uh, you're into doing that for us. Uh, it wasn't even the right song I got you to sing either, but you sang it so well. I had to use it as the intro, the outro, even. What did you get me to sing? I can't even remember. Shimmy Shimmy Ya by ODB. I was I was talking about it like it was Kevin Nash's instrumental in TNA, but actually I went back and listened. He was using Dr. Dre. It was, it was like a rip-off of uh, 2000, uh, Still Dre by Dr. Dre from the 2001 album. Oh, shoot. Uh, which is, it's Kevin Nash, isn't it? So who else is going to pull that off? Do you remember who used like the version of Shimmy Shimmy Ya? It took me a while to work it out. It was, it was WCW, it was Shane Helms when he was, um, I think he was Sugar Shane at that point. Uh, he was using three count yeah. yeah right after you know at the very end when he was getting like the little push 
ripe as WCW ended and they were introducing the Cruiser tag division and he was kind of like the... He was, he'd started doing the Vertebreaker, which blew my mind the first time I saw it. Uh, that's where I got that memory from. So yeah, sorry. I got those two things transposed. I got the wrong Linkin Park song for Joey Janela. <laughs> it wasn't a good week last week for uh, for me as a music correspondent. Luckily, uh, Chris Wilson, uh, put me right as our, our new metal correspondent. I don't remember this Kevin Nash version is still at all. Oh, it's it's like he used that and then they tried to give them like the, I think he used the Wolfpack theme for a little bit, which was a weird copyright thing because that was definitely a WCW theme. Uh, and then I think he changed to something later on. But yeah, it was like his early days TNA theme. It was, to be honest, it's, I'd forgotten about it, but listen to it back, it's one of my favorites. I think it's, it's not, doesn't quite beat the Scott Hall Razor Ramon ripoff, uh, Marvelous Me. That's an incredible TNA theme. Aces and eights, that's a good one. What's your top TNA themes, JP? Jeff Jarrett's number one. That's <laughs> my world. Nah, Come nah. on. The best one is James Storm. Have a beer drinking, dear skinning, or whatever it is. Johnny Cashless Man. <laughs> and when, uh, my brother Facebook raped me once, and that was the thing. And the Facebook rape was Joe Lemon likes deer skinning. Joe Lemon likes beer drinking. Joe <laughs> Lemon likes moonshine. I think it was just not moonshine swinging. It was just Joe Lemon likes moonshine. <laughs> and it was everything that James Storm liked in his TNA theme. Wow. So it was a freight for the benefit of like two people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob Van Dam's TNA theme tune. Awful. <laughs> so just list, just list <coughs> names of moves. But, but the last one. That assassinator. Was that a move? No. I don't remember that. No, that wasn't a move. That wasn't a thing, was it, Ben? I think they were just making stuff up at that point. Needed lyrics, just just insert here. What I used to love was when that music would play the impact zone, looking at the front row and watching these absolute losers banging their head as furiously as possible. Oh, so. That's no way to talk about JP. Rob Van Dam! <laughs> the whole fucking show! You used that on Slammiversary the other week. It's still alive. Why? Oh. Against Moose. Yeah. Oh, there's a theme. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I met him, I almost asked, like, I was almost, like, talking about Impact, like, it was years ago that he used to work there, not realising that he literally works there now. Him, Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, the whole ECW crew. Um, Still doing the same stuff as well, eh, Rob? That's it, yeah. Same spots, that's it. He was so innovative, yeah. wasn't he, in ECW, and then he got to WWE, got into that WWE pattern, and just did the same spots over and over for the last 20 years. It's uh it's quite a shame, but I'll be seeing lots of him because I you know because I ordered Slammiversary on Fight. I got an email mm. today saying I've been given a free three months of Impact Plus. So uh, <laughs> get ready for all the hot takes from uh, the Impact Mate, archives. Chuck, chuck it this way if you're not. Now, <laughs> I, I want to get to the finally, I've got the time to get to the bottom of this Kevin Nash great mash and TNA thing. <laughs> and I've I've got the time to do it. Right. So I'm, I'm well up for that. You could find uh, if he was coming out to his version of Still. There you go. You can find yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Conan probably should have had I, a version of Still, should they? What were the lyrics of that song? Yeah, I think the thing is, though, he's had that LX theme for a very long... That's one of, the, like, the Relic TNA themes that kind of stuck around. Like, even the new yeah. LX were using it, and it was name-dropping Homicides and, and Conan. But um, taking the time to perfect the beat, because I've still got love for the streets, and Conan's all about the streets in TNA, isn't it? <laughs> very Conan, yeah. Kids getting <laughs> run over, you know, all kinds. There we go. Three live crew as well. You know, we had saying that with that with three live crew, they had Roland Kalings there to do the rap, so they probably didn't need a uh, need a knockoff thing. Perhaps he's got his free bank accounts, five ounces, and two vehicles. I think I got that completely wrong. <laughs> there you go. You're not getting Wu Tang this it's week. You're getting it right. It's definitely ounces, 
vehicles and bank accounts, but I could not remember which, in which order. <laughs> Written by Jay Z as well. Good fun. Classic. Yeah. yeah. Any any other TNA theme memories or? Jay Storm on repeat. There you go. Throw that on. Did um, like did like beer get money. Ready to fly. That one. Oh, that's a classic. Oh, like, AJ AJ Storm. Angle coming out to some rap, which I was found old. It was always good. There was like kind of a little bit of a patriotic rap, though. I think it worked. It worked like the hard-edged Kurt Angle that we got in TNA. I think it worked out well. Because it was that... Wasn't it something like you that? You would know. I, I would know. <laughs> How many times have you listened to the music of TNA on repeat, uh, JP, as you, uh, as you bike around uh, Oxford? No comment. <laughs> Sometimes at work, when I know, I know JP's footsteps so well, that if I'm in the toilet, I know when he's gone into the toilet across from me. <laughs> so sometimes we'll be doing the business at the same time. And just to give him a bit of a shake, I'll put on like James Storm's theme really loud so he can hear it from the tape, from the, from the cubicle across. And then he'll throw on, it has effort, hasn't it? Yeah. You throw on Rob Van Damme's theme, the comeback. Yeah. Uh, please do that when you're staying at my house uh, in a few weeks. You guys can Have you got two toilets? I've only got one. You can stand outside though, mate. Just shouting at him if you like playing playing can songs. We, can we play the competing um, listening to different Dave Meltzers at the same time? <laughs> in like That's four different weird. rooms in the house that we do in Germany. Mate, it, it seems worse than Scientology. You've mm. just got like four or five people walking around <laughs> listening to various wrestling observers from oh. various time points. Oh, amazing yeah we'll have, definitely have to do that we've got a few things planned haven't you coming up to see for some reason jp you're coming up early and coming to the tnt show with me on the thursday mm. uh, on the friday we're gonna try and swing swing by brookside close we were talking before we started today yeah i've never been myself so gonna be a big moment though if i can uh, get you there maybe take you to the to the bread streets which are, are right by my work maybe catch some future shock that weekend too should be a full um. weekend I also figured there's going to come a point where I might just have a wander around Liverpool looking for Pete, looking for Jimmy Corkill, basically. Doesn't he work for like a radio station in Liverpool or something? Seriously? I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. Right. Maybe TNT could get him to do an appearance. Maybe if we could like petition them, maybe we could get him on the show. Well, he did ICW and that seemed go. to go down an absolute fucking storm. Get Come Barry on. Grant in as well while you're at a bit of a reunion. Oh, <laughs> That's it. We're going to be, Gareth's going to be around, uh, a couple of my mates, Matty, and that are going to be around. We're going to be trying to watch uh, JP's pay-per-view of the year at some point, oh. Triple Mania. Uh, maybe, maybe we could get Jimmy Corkle in, Simbag, get all the lads in to watch uh, Triple Mania with us. Absol- absolutely. I don't, know, I, I don't know if you saw this. There was a thing on, on Twitter which had Pete comparing Dwayne Johnson to uh, characters from Brookside. And I know Mick Johnson came up. And he looks this. like an absolute dapper dude. Oh, he's still looking good. He, was he in, really is. I was watching Coronation Street on Christmas Day last year, and he was in that. And I was like, oh. Really? Yeah, him and Liz had a bit of a thing going on. Liz McDonald. And I was like, Mick is looking all right. No <laughs> man can tame Liz McDonald, can they? Jim, well, Jim tried, and luckily she got out of that one eventually. Yeah. He was the right piece of work with Jim McDonald, as you probably know. <laughs> I don't know. He liked to drink back in the day. Yeah, that's, that's very what, much the case. That's, I remember you going on about it before. Yeah. You talk about the firm and his appearance in that. I remember him being... Was he in the firm? Yeah, he's part of the hooligan gang with Gary Oldman in the firm. The ICC. Yes. Yeah. And then you were talking about him back in the day or something. And you really fancy Liz, don't you? 
She was like one of my early <laughs> crushes. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to say that. Steve and Andy were young. Do you reckon we could get Jim or Liz or any of the cast? Of, you know, I say I joke about getting them round to watch Triple Mania with us, but I can't imagine the fees that high. You know, I reckon even like you know, be, uh, Dean Gaffney. You know, when he's standing, example, I've heard about yeah, him doing. Standers at the moment, though. Oh, is he back in? Is he? I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I, in, I remember there being I, stories of him doing appearances for like fifty quid, a hundred quid. So we could have pulled together. We could have done a Patreon and got that going. I'd have got gaffers round, but I reckon he'd have. Mate, he'd have left after a while, or he'd be asked where the women are. Because you know what Gaffney's like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Basically. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, we'll watch this space anyway. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. We'll go go. I'm serious. I'm really thinking about this now. I'm going to end up scouring, saying, okay, if we could get, I don't know, Sinbad for 100 quid to watch Triple Mania, <laughs> I, I'd i be interested in Think that. Think of I don't the know YouTube news, JP. Mick Johnson was also recently in the Full Monty touring show in the UK. Really? The part of Denzel. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all you need to know, really. Yeah. It? Yeah. Him and Gary Lucy. With the, I think Gary Lucy and the Robert Carlyle role. It was in Oxford. Did you not see the posters up? That's funny, so I get the bus to work directly opposite there as well. I zone out at that yeah, time Yeah, there was the a poster up and Mick Johnson was on there. Yeah. Oh, bollocks. He'd have been around Oxford as well. See, they, see what I've missed? Could have brought yeah. him. I can't catch him in Oxford. I'm going to catch him on home territory then in Liverpool. <laughs> I can't wait. Lads, any other bucket list things you want to do while you're in Liverpool? Anything else we could do? Anything that Jeff Jarrett did. Uh, <laughs> there as well. We need to have a word with Lee McAteer then and get the tramway at all going. I'm certainly getting getting a photo outside uh, the Beatles Museum the way Double J did. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I live right by Goodison. I can take you there. I don't know about Prenton Park, though. Um, oh, a Marine got a pre-season friendly going on? Oh, it's possible. I'll look into it, yeah, to uh, see what yeah. else is going on. Uh, Triple Mania weekend. Uh, Actually, that'll be the, probably the first day of the Football League season, right, when we're up that weekend. Yeah, they've just been promoted as well. Big, big, uh, big weekend, yeah. Well, I think I think Double J would want us to pay a visit to Prenton Park. Surely, if there's a chance of that, <laughs> right? We need yeah. we need to research this. We'll get into it. I definitely you'd be up for Tranmere, wouldn't you, Ben? It's, it's safe territory. Me, I've lived here this lived here my entire life, and I've never been. So that'll be That's another first. There you go. So we'll get that done. Brookside close done. I'm not doing a Beatles tour, but I'll take a photo outside the Beatles uh, museum with you. Uh, but yeah, we could. Uh, I'll show you the uh, the sights or not so good sights of uh, of around by me too. And then you said we're going to go out for a drink with Stephen French. Is that right? Well, one of the times I've been to, no, it was ICW, not TNT. We bumped into Stephen French. I can't guarantee it's going to happen, but you know, we could we could knock around Mill Street and uh, who knows who we might bump into? Him, Omar from the Wire. You never know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Take take me there, mate. Good news. Tranmere, August 3rd, Saturday, at home. Yeah, they're playing. Go on. Andy Ogden's own Rochdale. Oh, got to get Andy down. <sighs> Saturday, August 3rd. <laughs> if Lee McAteer listens, hook us up, Lee. There you go. We'll get a box. The Graps and Claps slash Grapple box. Let's go <laughs> Absolutely. Tranmere pretty much is now the official club of, <laughs> of, of Grapple. Certainly Grapple Spotlight. I can't okay. speak entirely for Gara. Mm. Oh, we'll have to sort that out. Awesome. But yeah, can't wait. Should be a, a fun weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have, definitely uh, have to put a word in with the, uh, with the good folks over there at Tranmere. Um, but anything else going on before we, should, we get into the actual wrestling stuff? Anything else we need to uh, talk about? Cricket World Cup was amazing. Oh, come I don't on. know. It, it was amazing. <laughs> I knew this was coming. 
yeah. thought I've got, I've got it in my notes. Ten minutes of JP talking Tory sports. That's like my toilet break. Go <laughs> on, JP. I've had it. Was there an Irishman in the team? I heard about that. Oh yeah, there was. He was captain, mate. Will Cooling sure? told me that. Oh, Morgan. Yeah, he's from Dublin. Why is he playing for England? Because Ireland don't, don't, didn't have test and one-day status at the time he was a player, so the only way he could play at the highest level of the game was to play for England. And so he's been playing for England for... Did he grow up over here? No, he grew up in Ireland. He played for Middlesex. This doesn't make any sense. It, it's a thing. Seriously, he's captain. I'm hoping he'll retire from playing for England and go back to playing for Ireland again. Well, you can do that. Yeah, that's the thing oh, that happened. fuck this. <laughs> here we go. It was amazing. Like, if there was ever a game to watch the highlights of, it's that one. But what's the point? Neither of you are going to take part in this. I didn't I'm, even I'm... know what had happened until I got here this evening, JP. <laughs> I, yeah. I was um, in a taxi on the way to Matty's to watch the Homicide show, and the taxi driver was trying to talk to me about it, and I genuinely thought he was talking about Was the tennis going on that day as well? Yeah. And I was like, was oh, jo- yeah. Sounds like a good game Federer. of tennis. And he was like, no, it was the cricket, mate. I was like, oh, sorry, I failed in, I failed in attempting to be a, a Tory lad. It was the it was the thing for this weekend because obviously we're going to be doing loads of reviews on this show, but Probably. one of the At things point, this maybe. weekend it was, it was up against a fuck ton of sport that weekend, and I watched sport. I didn't watch the Grand Prix. I think Lewis Hamilton's a prick, so I was quite happy to see that he was upset that he wasn't getting main event coverage. So good, quite happy about that. Um, but yeah, it was so much to watch, and I ended up watching that cricket from. The coverage starting at 9am. Did the big shop while watching on the phone with my son as well. He's also well into cricket as well. Watched it all around. Even bought some new glasses while watching the cricket. Where did you go shopping? The big Tesco's near here. Did you walk up there? Yeah. That's a walk. Not that far. Well, while trying to watch it on your phone as well. We straight path, mate. No problems. Okay. All good. Yeah, we were happy. It was nerve jangling stuff. So you two Neanderthals need to get in on the game. You're missing no, out. No better way to watch a sport and especially a final while walking, looking at your phone, <laughs> and wasting your big shot. I mean, you're talking to JP here, so like, yeah, that sounds yeah. perfect. Like, if I is the big shop going to do itself? <laughs> the proper World right. Cup final. Would right. you be walking no. to Tesco's no. during it? You're talking about a game that lasts from half past ten in the morning through to half past seven. Yeah, that's why I can't watch it. Jesus. <laughs> That's, that's a that's a shift of work. Man. <laughs> that's part of the beauty of the game. You say that like we're not going to spend the whole summer yeah. watching G1. I'm. Didn't you I might possibly be going to Lords to take summer. my son to see Ireland England in a Test match. Oh, hold on, there's two points we're going to make yeah. there. One, <laughs> I thought Ireland didn't have a team because this bloke was playing for England. They do now. So why is he still playing for England? Um, because he's captain of the One Day side. And okay, whatever. And also, <laughs> second. Did He's not you, hated for it. You told me last week we went to Lords. You saw Jeremy Hunt. I saw him on the way to Lords. Oh, he wasn't at Lords. No, he was at Oxford, the Park and Ride, Thornhill Park and Ride, <laughs> oh, running for right. the bus, he was and he in mi- Oxford. Yeah, and he okay. missed it. Oh, Getting the bus oh, with the plebs. I wanted to shout wanker, obviously outside the bus. I thought you bus, meant you saw but... him at the cricket. Sorry. No, he wasn't at the cricket. Right, okay. Sorry. All right. I could lie. <laughs> I rescind the Tory sport comment ever so slightly, just because I don't want to offend our good friend Will. But that's only slightly. Exactly. You get in on it, honestly. <laughs> ashes this summer. Uh, I thought the ashes at Christmas. 
No, it depends if it's in Australia because of the, their summer is in at Christmas. I thought you spent a Christmas day on your own washing the ashes or something. Like yeah, because they were touring Australia, so it started <laughs> at like midnight. That's and a good Christmas? About... Top 10 Christmas, JP? Mate, I know I'm not meant to say it because I've got kids. I'm meant to say the, the special ones. It was a cracking Christmas. <laughs> Did it by myself. I was great. Cooked a really good roast. Oh. Made the phone call really early. Jaws, ashes. Roast and cricket. Jesus. Just Do to you know wind what? Joe up, did you watch Bloodsport on that day? Just to have like a full trio. Have a fry up in the morning. I don't have any strong dislike for Bloodsport. Bloodsport's fine. It's just not that good. Is it as good as Tango and Cash? Tango and Cash is like pretty bad. You were saying this before we recorded you, but you've rewatched it. I'm worried. It's like I haven't seen it in that adult life. It's WCW, the film. Like, <laughs> the politics and like the weird in-jokes about other films and about other film stars. So like the bits about the knocks at Bridget Nielsen when they yeah. talk about like... Um, I hate Danish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get a coffee in a Danish. I hate Danish. And then the bit about Schwarzenegger as well. It's almost like WCW promos in the 90s where you'd make insider comments that hardly anyone understood. And like you can tell, Stallone politicked his way to more screen time and looking like a star and more points or the rest of it. It's like peak eighties, like action star, like using all of his sway possible. And apparently, directed parts of the film himself as well. But director quit before the end of the film. He was so frustrated with Stallone trying to direct the film. So, who was um, the director? Um, some Russian bloke who just done Russian films and then did he did Midnight film. Train yes yeah he did and then that's good yeah yeah but then uh, yeah Tango and Cash I think was his last English film possibly and who who can blame him it's a terrible film well, who's Stallone in the wrestling world then does that make him Hogan politics yeah, Stallone is absolutely Hogan uh, Kurt Russell very much feels like Sting and the director probably go Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not putting me off rewatching it actually now, or it just really want to rewatch it again. You, you, you'll enjoy With that it in mind. The time, but there is some utter shit in there. Them prison scenes. Oh my god, they are so bad. Really, that bad? Yeah, it's, it's bad. You'll enjoy it for what it is. I've got I've got time coming up to watch some shite films, and I know I need to rewatch Bloodsport. It's better than nine hours of cricket. It's not better than nine hours of of England winning the Cricket World Cup. He says as someone who's got an Irish passport and bigs up being Irish every time, how quickly I jump ship, eh? <laughs> you can watch the prison scenes while walking to Tesco for your big shop next week. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. I'm going to watch it with the lads. They haven't seen any of these bad 80s. Don't watch that one. <laughs> watch Commando. Or Roadhouse. Or Bloodsport. Mm, nah. <laughs> Cyborg. Um, you've got to break them in. Well, probably have to go time cop, wouldn't I? I'd go commando. Commando's oh, the yeah. best one to start with. Mm. Well, commando, oh. the, it doesn't fuck about that film. Die Hard. Go down a more see yeah. Go something good first. Would it ease Dump, them in, yeah. Die Hard or like, like a Terminator Predator. 2. Yeah, Terminator 2 would be a one. Yeah. Last yeah. Action yeah. Hero, maybe? La, uh, last no. Action it's Hero. It's a bit too... Yeah. That's, that's even more WCW than saying... <laughs> <laughs> Breaking down the fourth wall. Yeah, too much. Stallone is Schwarzenegger in the film. It's like it's written by Russo. 
yeah, to some extent, it yeah. does feel that way. Yeah, yeah. right period. Hodge of big stars doing weird inside jokes at each other. Yeah, good on Wesley. Yeah. What a podcast this is turning. <laughs> you wouldn't believe we've got like eighty-seven shows to review. It's fine. I know. It'll be all right. I, just check the show notes, everyone. I'll put it at the top when the G1 stuff starts. It'll be okay. Um, but, but we probably should start. <laughs> I mean, I, t- I tell you what was, I was, I was going to do a segue, but I just let you go. But I tell you what was better than 27 hours of cricket, JP. AW's going for the Fallen. Or was it? I'm not so sure. Um, oh, that's good. I like, I like what you did there. We're going to start with that because, you know what? That I didn't think this was a good show at all. Like, I... I've got to say, like, I watched Fight for the Fallen. Like, I, I had a busy weekend. I was off playing bowling on Saturday, maybe doing a little bit of practice for the Oberhaz and Open. <laughs> I was busy. Sunday, found myself watching the Homicide Show and Extreme Rules. Blame Matty. Um, but I had a fun time. And then it was Monday before I really could get into catching up with AEW and then starting to catch up with the G1. And, yeah. Just wasn't feeling it. I was starting to think that it was just me. And then I saw a couple of comments from you, Joe, and I saw a couple of reviews. I don't know. You can tell me, was it me or is this a show where it just felt a little bit like the, the blue might pee off the rose a little bit with uh, with AEW? Or is it far too soon to say that? It was not good. Mm. I thought mm. it was dull. Uh, it lacked energy. It was really middling. And we're meant to be getting like this original fresh product and yeah, there were things about it that still felt fresh in terms of stuff like the presentation, but mm, the wrestling left a lot to be desired. The layout of the card left a lot to be desired. The show was too long. Oh, way too way long. Way too long. Mm. Like they were pacing and giving matches time that they didn't need in various positions. Mm. Yeah, I think there are all manner of issues with this show and with the sort of position of the promotion at the moment and yeah i'm hoping they can get them sorted pretty pronto before the tv product starts Mm. because if this is what we're going to be getting oh it's not looking overly exciting to be honest no it's not it's like Mm. because it's such a hodgepodge of, of things aw and i like that in principle i really do think these last two shows you've you've started to really see maybe what the the problems are with that hodgepodge and maybe the problems are with you know what it sounds what always sounds good give the wrestlers more power let the wrestlers cut unscripted promos let the wrestlers decide how long the match is going to be let the wrestlers <laughs> decide what the program's going to be and obviously there's many positives you can glean from that but i did think yeah jp this show is a bit of a warning sign because as you said there joe i thought the venue looked great it looked very wcw i love the outdoor look oh yeah um but that was kind of it as far as, for the, at least for the first couple of hours, the positives for me, it was just, like you said, it was just from start to finish, just a really slow pace. Every match felt like it was five to ten minutes too long. There was authority figure nonsense. There was continuation of some of the bad angles that they've been doing. Although, in, you know, in a couple of instances, maybe they, they listened to feedback a little bit in their own way. Um yeah, I don't know, JP, just, just share our, our scepticism uh, before we get into the, the minutiae of the show, or I don't know, were you any more positive? Pretty much. I think Joe used, when we were chatting about this, Joe used the word that I that really comes to mind with this, which is underwhelming. Mm. It was, it wasn't like, I don't know, would you say it was bad? No. no. I mean, on the, on the scale, it's, I mean, obviously it's the worst show they've done. Yeah. yeah. By by far, there's not that much necessary to compare it with. Also, and I don't know if you both found this, 
but was the sound slightly fucked yeah. for you guys? For the audio, for the On music. fight, the music sounded like, yeah, it was out of tune. Oh. And I th- it was driving me mad. I thought it was my projector yeah. set up. I was convinced it was me. Because I couldn't, I literally yeah. searched Twitter for people complaining about it and nobody said anything. Although I do Did suspect JP. Did come up randomly? It's uh, a pretty show, yeah. Ian Hamilton mentioned that he had a few issues with like it buffering and stuff as well. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I didn't see, looking back live, I didn't see many people complain. I mean, the music's bad. I saw people complaining about the, mm. the bad entrance themes, but it might have just been the copy both me and you watched on fight. Um, not on the same count, obviously, JP. We both got our own. No. Of course. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, all in all, just added to it. Yeah, the music sounded off key, and the music was bad in general, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really bad, and that took me out at points. Like, every time there was an entrance, I was, like, dreading it. As a result, because it was just like, this is horrible to listen to. Badly leveled as well. Really badly leveled. I don't know who was on the sound mixing, but they, it was bad. Like, really bad. I mean, not even kind of small indie companies do this type of stuff, to be honest with you. And the fact it wasn't picked up on. Rev Pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, overall, like, the show itself was under underwhelming. There was... At some points, I kind of wanted... To, I thought, oh, okay, that was fine. But it never rose above that. Mm. When I was thinking of the best match on the on the show, I, I went with the Kenny Omega-Shima match. And if I was telling anyone to go out of their way to watch it, I'd say, if you didn't see it, you'd be fine. Oh, mm. like, I agree. I thought it was the best match on the show. But I went. Like, I think I went like three and a half stars. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. To me, it was the closest thing to a very good match on the show, but it still wasn't mm. there for me. I wasn't into it. Yeah, it was like I got into it at a mm. point and was like, oh, this is good. But then afterwards, I was thinking, like, this would this think of Omega's matches in the last few G1s? Mm. Did he have a match as like this level? I think all of his matches in the last few G1s would be better than this match. Yeah. Which kind of speaks volumes. And also, I think that they really overestimate the star power of a lot of the guys they brought in. Mm. Um, and you like a Shima against Omega, if he's fighting on like, I don't know, um, that Northeast Indy where he faced Phoenix or somewhere, this match is kind of fine in mm. front of that sort of crowd. But in front of like 6,000 or whatever there was here, mm. in a venue this size, on a pay-per-view, when you're trying to establish this new national, well, national global company, you could argue, Shima doesn't have star power at that level. Mm. And I just feel like there's a lack of kind of understanding of that. Like, how many of these people who were at this show, this 6,000, had seen more Shima matches than me, let's say? And I've probably seen 20 Shima matches ever. And are most of them from, like, the mid-2000s, I would guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And it just sort of speaks volumes about the lack of star power that's there. Like, for me, there is a really, really big pack-shaped hole and as much as Pac was kind of doing our heads in this well, year, I think that his loss has been monumental because he is a star. He's going to be a star to this audience. Hmm. He's got the presence of a star as well. And you look up and down the card and it just feels like there aren't enough established stars on this show, really. And it feels like a lot of stars are against guys who aren't at the same sort of level as them. And a lot of the time, that's why there's sort of a lack of engagement and lack of real interest. Mm. I would say it's not. I, 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 
I get the point about the, necessarily the stars as well, but the other thing that this show kind of really lacked, and this is obviously one of the big selling points, so they're going to be putting on cracking wrestling matches. Yeah, and that main event, I was bored. Really? I was really, really bored. It felt like it felt like a clash of styles. Like, I thought we'd yeah. get that anyway, but I thought, I mean, in the lead up to the event, because we didn't really preview it, did we? But I was having the thought of, I was thinking, uh, is this really going to work as a match? But then I thought, no, the Rhodes brothers have... I've done it with the likes of the Shield, you know, and that's a, you know, not really a, uh, you know, that was back when, you know, Seth Rollins was taking all kinds of bumps and mm. it didn't feel like a perfect Styles match and they had some classic tags. And I thought, no, 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 maybe I'm being too harsh. But no, you're right. It was just, it was, I reckon it was probably the, it feels like a very Cody thing to be like the long Triple H kind of match. So it was mm. all the bad stuff of him. It was all the bad stuff of the Young Bucks wanting to do like the comedy hugging spots. And then it was, for me... I don't know the stubbornness of not of not being willing to change within the match and just carrying on with the slow pace mm. to the point where even it felt like Jr. was complaining about the methodical pace and he loves a slow pace match. Um, you think that'd be the opposite of what he wants on, on commentary to the point where yeah, that when they started to hit the big spots at the end, like the double super kick on the outside and hit that melter driver, which was like the flattest melter driver I've ever heard. Nobody was really into it, and I'll tell you what though, Joe. I mean, I take your point about like the lack of stars but to this audience the people who were there these should have been these are these are stars to them but they still weren't reacting oh yeah the the main event should have been far more over than it was and i think the crowd wanted to like it but then the match started mm. and it never got good mm. and i was thinking sort of seven eight minutes in oh this will pick up soon this will pick up soon and it just never did mm. it was long for long sake and mm. There just wasn't any drama. Like, what? There wasn't really a story that they kind of engaged me in in the match at all. They were sort of doing some sort of vague mockery stuff for the Rhodes brothers, but it wasn't a story to carry a match, really. And it just felt like nothing about this match layout worked to anyone in the match's strengths. Mm. And this needed 15 minutes, not 31 mm. minutes. Mm. 15 minutes. You think of those Shield matches you spoke about. They were probably about 15, 16 minutes. And I remember loving those matches at the time. They were wild, weren't they? Yeah. What, what, what reason was there for this to well, be half an hour? Like, it didn't have the drama for a match to go half an hour. You need a hook if a match is going to go that yeah. long. And mm. there wasn't a hook here. Mm. And, and part of the issue that they had um, was they tried to tell this really terrible story with the Bucks mo mocking what they did at uh, Double or Nothing, which was completely unnecessary. So you kind of go, well, there isn't any kind of... They could just say, we're the best brother team. No, we're the best brother team. Mm. Kind of the end. And you have a sort of exhibition match, effectively. Because there isn't a tag belt on the line. They could have done that and had some fun mm. and, and done something really good with that. Instead, they went for this. The and yeah, it was a difficult watch. The problem there, though, as well, is that they create for themselves. And this is like kind of like a broader discussion of what AEW is going to be supposedly being. Is because of that. Because they're, you know, in being the elite canon, they're all friends. They have to go and be in the elite a couple of days later and kind of just make up and hug and share a pizza or whatever the sketch was. And it just made me think, like, how does this promotion even work? Like, if mm. if, if you're having to keep things like that straight, and it's a bit like, remember when, when the elite were feuding with the rest of the Bullet Club and Cody turned on Kenny, but to make things work for being the elite, they all had to make up friends again like a month later. Like, are they just going to continue, continue to have to do that? Because they're all going to have to face each other at some point. Like, how do you create any 
long meaningful rivalry you've got to keep up the pretense of the of the wink wink nod nod i just yeah things like that and things like you know i've complained about it on this show before and it's becoming more and more pronounced the fact that they have to do those segments because well the young books have to outright say well we're booking ourselves in these matches cody rhodes has to make it clear i'm booking myself in my own matches i'm picking my own brother to be my tag team partner brandy rhodes has to be stephanie mcmahon authorities to figure and oh kill the crowd in a match but then get to play stephanie mcmahon at the end of the show giving out charity checks like there's so much of that what these little warning signs that you know people might be listening thinking we're being too harsh that it was just a, a fine wrestling show from top to bottom but for me i'm kind of thinking of how this all fits into a tv show and i don't want to sound like jim Cornette, but i'm starting to worry that yeah this what a tv show from this crew actually looks like yeah it seems like it's a bit all over the place at the moment i'm just hoping they've got something that when they actually get to the show mm. they know is going to be more concrete they know is going to be more consistent you can almost get away with these shows like i said on the last show we spoke about mm. fight fest it's almost like these are sort of um preview like experimental mm. shows testing out your material seeing what works to some extent and i'm hoping that they really are learning lessons and taking notes. Mm. It's interesting you mentioned Brandy because oh, she fucking mm. sucks. She's so well, she doesn't belong on a professional no. on a mainstream professional wrestling show. She's that bad. I'm sorry. She's awful. Yeah, she was terrible. And honestly, I think that match killed the show. Mm. I think the crowd was pretty hot for the pre-show mm. and for the opener. I mean, after that match, the crowd was kind of dead mm. for most of the night. Authority figure bullshit. Yeah, yep. and there were matches afterwards that didn't necessarily help that mm. um, in terms of how they were laid out and the length. But that Brandy match was like the nail in the coffin for the crowd that evening. It mm-hmm. was just so, so bad. Like, I was thinking to myself, have I seen a worse match than this this year? Mm. The only two I can think of were Batista Triple H, and I'd go as far as to say that was better than this, and Kurt Angle Baron Corbin. That's how bad this was. So bad. Mm, yeah. 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 I mean, it was, oh, go sorry. Ahead. No, I was going to say that this crowd was really hot and a lot of ways they lifted up matches that were fine and made them feel a lot Did bigger. They? Than what, they, what they, I was thinking in terms of the, before that, the six man tag in particular and the way they were reacting Even to certain That things. was long though. That was way too long. That six. Yeah, months. it was long. But like the women's tag on the pre-show. Yeah. The, the crowd were great during that match. Mm. I thought mm. they were, they were really into B Priestley and Britt oh. Baker. So it showed you that this and, crowd wanted stuff to cheer. Yeah. They wanted mm. to be into the show. But after that Brandy match, there was just no coming well, back. What they were given was WWE. Yeah. And that's the thing that none of those people want. And they gave them the that. During that bit. And she said, she actually said, this is like one of those Divas matches that I've yep. like Nikki yep. Bella in when, it, you, when I first started going out with you. It's yeah. like they got two women's divisions, like the one with the actual wrestlers and the Divas division with Brandy in it. The Joshi division and then the Diva division. Like, they can't both exist on the same show, but they're trying to make it work because it's Brandy Rhodes and because of who she is um i'll be honest though like i i didn't think the crowd were that crazy even for the for the early matches i think they were obviously better but i was it's funny because i was pinpointing and maybe it's just the fact of me watching it a couple of days later i pinpointed kind of the moment it felt like the crowd fell off the, the kip sabian hangman page match for me or maybe it was just <laughs> where my interest dropped off i actually fell asleep because it was like i had to rewatch it because like it felt like 18 years too long 
<laughs> I enjoy Kip Sabian kissing the fan. That was a fun little spot. I generally like Hangman Page, but he's supposed to be your next big star, and he's in there going 50-50 yeah. with the bloke from ITV World of Sport. And yeah, just, I mean... 19 minutes. Oh, I, I mean, Hangman Page is kind of like... When he's the underrated next big thing and it's unsaid, great. But when you're outright calling him it, I'm wondering if that's like a poison chalice these last couple of shows where like, because everyone knows what he's supposed to be, like the pressure's on now for him to meet that. And he went out there and had a 50-50 match with Kip Sabian on, like you said, JP, for 19 minutes. And it just didn't work. Maybe maybe that wasn't where the crowd died, but it was definitely, I was big into Luchasaurus in the match before. I was starting to get going again, but this match just killed me off. Mm. It was, again, it was difficult because it did no one any favours. Mm. It didn't do Paige any favours. It didn't do Sabian any any favours either. And ultimately, it it kind of really devalues a lot of things. I mean, it felt, you know, they had the, the angle afterwards as well, and that was kind of obvious for, for what it was. <laughs> it, it, it was just... Kirko in a mask. I always love that. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, he's wearing that mask. He looks yeah. like Ralphus. But, but then even he then, like, <laughs> he's grown up he to be Ralphus. <laughs> he's weird. morphing into it, isn't he? At least he hasn't grown up to be Howard Finkel. At least there's that. Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but even then, though, like Jericho did that angle. Great, fair enough. I mean, it was, you know, it was obvious, telegraphed. Jericho's done it a million times now, whatever, it worked. But then having him come out later and cut a promo as well, mm. right before the yeah. main event, that yeah, grinded. Yeah. Like the Lucha Brothers and SCU kind of brought me back again. You know, it was a fun tag match. Um, the Daniels interference wasn't great and there were a few things in the match I didn't love. But like that again, like from a structure point of view as a card, it really, after they got a bit of momentum going, that pulled it down again. And then we went to the main event. Like, I just, I worry. I mean, they've got show. they got, these are these are the shows, like you say, to iron the kinks out, but mm. the kinks are definitely there. Yeah, I think, going back to the Paige Sabian match, I spoke about the pack problem. I think that pack not facing page at double or nothing has really, really shown what an issue that's been long term for page mm. because these last few shows page has been given almost nothing. Um, he's not really been presented as a mm. star. No like, he's, yeah. Mm. He's almost best in an underdog position. Like you said, Bello mm. and in the battle Royal, he was the biggest star. In the four-way, he was the biggest star. Kip Sabian, I like Kip Sabian. He's not ready to be at this level in a 19-minute yeah. match yet. No. He's someone who probably should have had more of a run on the British indie scene in order to get to this point. And he's a, he's an undercard guy. He shouldn't be facing the guy who's going to go on and have a title match at the next show in a 19-minute match. And I think Paige needed that pack match to elevate him, mm. if anything. Um, I don't know if he would have won. But at the same time, it probably would have helped him get over more with his fan base, having that great match with that established guy. And I just feel like these last few shows mm. have done Paige no favours. He's come across as quite generic. Uh, he doesn't feel like he's had a sort of major challenge put his way. He really feels like he's lost something. And I feel like the management of him as a personality and character has not been good so far. Well, on the 21st of July... Um, Dragon Gate have their big show of the year, which is uh, Pack versus Ben K, which I might actually have to get around to watching an actual Ben K match. But come on, Ben, fucking sort <laughs> it out, and there we go. But Problem is it, solved. Is it a visa issue with Pack? Well, then we'll Apparently know, then, won't we? Allegedly, yeah. no. But yeah, then we'll know for sure, won't we? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, hard one. 
Uh, I mean, any other notes on the, the show as a whole? Anything you guys like way high on? Um, like I mentioned, for me, I en- I enjoyed Lucha Brothers SCU. I enjoyed. Mm. I did enjoy the the tag as well. I, it was really enjoyable to see get to see Luchasaurus get over and to the, him in him a Jungle Boy. They've definitely got something there. And that's yeah, they out do. Here or anything else? I was going to say that I was a bit disappointed. For, sorry, go back on. It's disappointed. Another Bucks Lucha Brothers match. I mean, I, I would have that thought ladder match announcement got ladder very match. little response. Yeah, mm. I think they've burned that out pretty pretty quickly i mean they've gone through that in mexico as well and i kind of think that i'm sure the match will be good it will be good it's but again it's not necessarily so i'd like to see them start to to kind of they keep going about this tag tournament rules sorry i'm still being negative on it and there was a match here was it about competing for the right to get a first round buy yeah what the fuck was that last month yeah yeah like, wasn't that what the three-way tag was about or something? Yeah, not, I'm not even too so, sure. What the fuck is going on? Mate, King of the Mountain match. That's what it starts to sound <laughs> like. Yeah. The three-way tag, the Luchasaurus Juggle Boy stuff was excellent. I'm yeah. a big fan of that. And Helico was awful still. <laughs> uh, the Dark Order are not clicking. And one of the things Speaks. that I found with that match mm. was, as fun as it was in places, it was also... Uh, only indie at mm, points yeah. and it felt in like indie wrestling that shouldn't belong on a show of this stature i don't know that sounds a bit snobby but a lot of comedy at one point i was thinking to myself this is where as much as you know doing forward rolls all day maybe isn't the best thing this is wherever the pc helps because you've got those guys who are a little bit more inexperienced working their matches out of the performance center for the big takeover shows mm. and those matches have been great for the most part as a result of that and this clearly was a bit all over the place there was a great jr line during this one as well where he said uh if the crowd are making noise then this is great (laughs) he's definitely not into this and he he, he forgot people's names at points in this match as well like it was like the announcing generally i thought was an improvement excalibur was still good marvez marvez was better but you know, yeah. the bar was set pretty low and he wasn't much better. And JR, I hope they use JR for like a year to establish themselves and they get on TV and then they say goodbye because JR clearly is not into this product. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> That's half the fun of it, I have to say. Yeah, It feels like, I'm not saying he's being made to commentate against his will, but there is, you know, an element of him being sort of having to like commentate like you say on a product that he just doesn't enjoy yeah another negative thing on the show I've got to say as well <laughs> the six man why did Darby Allen oh, take the ball I had that like, same note although I did have a conversation with my crew about this week about that this weekend I think maybe the idea is to continue on the story with uh, you know the bloke who does the 10 thing is that the idea maybe <clears throat> continue that stuff keep, keep that story going get to a uh, Get to Cody, get, you know, keep that link going. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to justify it, but yeah, I did. In the moment, I did hate it too. For for that stuff, it seems like, I mean, Cody's stuff has been the stuff that seems to be more critically praised than anybody else's booking in the company so far. And the fact I, I'm as uh, a, look at the old man. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The apple doesn't fall far from yeah. the tree. It'd be um, fine if they build into a match, though, wouldn't it? If they do, if they, if we get say, a match at some point, I'll take it. Like. I, Although I'm with you, Joe, when the ghost of Jimmy Havoc stood right there. I mean, that's who I pin every time. That was my next point, mate. <laughs> I knew it. He's trying. 
Isn't Jimmy. he, Jimmy? Yeah, is he? he's been all right. He's been all right. I've, I've nothing wrong with what he's done here so far at all. It's and, just an odd fit still. Yeah, but he's fine there. And yeah. I think he's got a role. And if at some point they want to do something more serious with him, you know, he's got, he can do character stuff. He can do yeah. it well. We've seen him do it well in the past. And yeah, hopefully they do do something with him at some point. I thought the six man was kind of fine, mm. what it was. Everyone looked pretty good in there I as like, well. I thought Guevara is someone who kind of yeah, wasn't was stand up, but he did kind of stand out. And there's something definitely about him. But he, again, is very young. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. The, the six man is basically mm. the mid card. Mm. Yeah. Did you, by the way, did you you know they had those lawyers sponsoring it? Did you see it when they cut those lawyers? Oh, one of them yeah, was that's... pissed in the, the front row. Oh, one. Fucked out of his box, he was. <laughs> it's like screaming away at someone who was like, and here's Farrah and Farrah. And one of them sat down and the other one's pissed up with a beer in his hand. He's still having a good time. Like... What beer? It looks like it'd probably be shite. Miller Lite. I'm probably imagining yeah. so. What did you think of the arena? Because I actually say I quite oh, I didn't that. mind the look. It was different. I thought it was really cool as an arena. It reminded mm. me of a bigger version of the Liverpool Olympia in many ways, actually. Well, um, I, I was thinking like a bigger version of the Mall of America that WCW... was going to say, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the Olympia's not looked that nice in about 100 years. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, I liked it because, it, again, whether it's the right thing or not, there's a lot of... WCW comparisons that are going to be with AEW, so that was kind of mm-hmm. my main takeaway. I think seeing, um, I'll be honest, I didn't hate the Librarian and Sonny Kiss because that felt very. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm in the minority, but because you know, it's very, because the venue looked very old school WCW, and them being out there with their gimmicks felt very like felt like you know that area where like the Maestro would face <coughs> the artist formerly known as Prince IK every week. Oh like, yeah, proper low card, bottom level shitty gimmick guys like i i still hate the librarian Van Hammer stuff. and uh, johnny b bad yeah i still like the librarian stuff but you do you know something to, if, if they're going to turn it into a job or with a gimmick type of thing and they're obviously playing it for laughs on being the elite now and trying to make it the librarian thing a heel gimmick now like a expat heat kind of thing i can live with it. i can live with a job or with a gimmick i was a i was a tl hopper fan i was a fan of the pug techno team 2000 the goon who it could work yeah, I get that. I think Sonny Kiss looked all right in the match as well. It's very some, green, isn't he? He's yeah, very but some good athletic spots in there as well. Was what it was, was what it needed to be. Mm. Um, I was going to make a point in the venue as well, though. As cool as it looked, I do wonder if the venue was to blame for the lack of investment. And I don't know if, like, like psychologically, I think a venue is absolutely vital to mm. and the layout of the venue is absolutely vital to what a crowd does and how a crowd reacts and i've always thought when you've got one tier that is just like way larger than any other and you've got people up high you've not got people on other sides or the rest of it the noise doesn't travel consistently and mm. it's harder to get into the show as well mm. partly because of the way the noise travels therefore there's not pockets of noise being made and traveling in the same way so i do wonder if as cool as the venue looked it was actually a detriment to the crowd response I and that, yeah. like the, mm. the manner in which they were engaged in the show if anything mm. yeah i think that could could be an explainer for like the noise dissipating um like it, it's a bit like that uh the new japan show last week in dallas where it sounded like from the people who were there live that like sound was getting lost, but they mic'd it so well it was fine. Maybe, mm. maybe there's a mic. They obviously had a mic issue last time they were at this venue and they did the press conference. Uh, maybe there's something to that as well. But yeah, I think maybe you're right there, Joe. As good as it looked, maybe there was a a cost to, to that as well. Uh, any other thoughts on it on AEW before we talk the rest of the weekend? 
Um, I won't lie. I've, I've intrigued to see Aja Kong awesome Kong. I would say that. Like, in its own way, I'm, I'm curious to see what it's like. Brandy Rhodes in the middle is the uh, Stephanie McMahon the referee. Only... There you go. Yeah. Remember remember when they did all those videos saying she's an underdog and now she's just a heel? Russo, that. She's going to get booed at the building soon, Brandy, if they don't watch yeah. out. Like, they need to just kind of separate the fact that she's Cody's wife. Mm. From... Well, she's part of the company, yeah, isn't yeah, she? With yeah. the brand... What is, it? what is the title she has? Well, just let her be brand Cody, officer. Cody's valet. Like, mm. what's wrong with that? Like, yeah. she's fine at doing that. She's not bad at doing it. Like, she's done ring announcing in WWE. Let her do that. She's got a lot of. I mean, she seems like she's really got her head screwed on, and there's a lot that that could be done. I think. And I'm sorry. How have we ended up getting back onto that again? But it it just does their presentation of women's wrestling a disservice. Well, and what they're actually doing it, and it yeah. That's it. We've got nothing more to add on AEW. Fair enough. Well, they got all out to pull us all back in a few weeks. Um, and then mm. there is TV. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just a, a miss for them. Uh, a rare miss, maybe. Um, but yeah. there does seem bit to be a bit of a break better. might do them good now until yeah. all out. Be a good idea. I, th- I think these shows were always too close together, weren't they? Uh, mm. It did feel too soon for another big AEW show. But, yeah, uh, I guess we'll see. But... Yeah, later on the show, we're going to be talking the G1, obviously. Um, we're splitting this show into two, and we'll be doing that over the, the next few weeks, uh, just because there's going to be lots and lots of, uh, of G1 to talk. But wasn't the only wrestling going on this weekend. I don't know what you guys want to talk next. Extreme Rules happened. Evolve allegedly had their 10-year anniversary. There was a Homicide tribute show. Uh, I'll throw her out to the floor. What should, what should we go with next before we get to it? Well, Evolve was going up against uh, AEW, wasn't it? Oh, true, true. I haven't seen yeah. it. I still haven't seen Like, I was surprised you've seen it because, like, I've got to be honest, like, I've had no talk about Evolve. Like, on a weekend where AEW is on Saturday, where Extreme Rules is on Sunday, where there's G1 shows going on, where there's even GCW is getting pressed with this Homicide show. Like, exactly when are people supposed to fit this Evolve show in? Like, it's Tuesday night, and I, I've got no idea if I'm ever going to see this show. I might see it tomorrow, but yeah, the, if they were trying to counter program, uh, it didn't. Uh, it doesn't feel like uh, it, it got much traction or much more traction than the the Evolve shows usually do. Well, if I wasn't off work, I probably would never have watched it. <laughs> was it good? I might, I might have watched a match or two. You know what? It was all right. Mm. Like I, what I watched of it, I skipped through bits of it. What I watched of it, I did enjoy. It was a fun show. It was still pretty sort of evolve, and it mm. did feel like because I was intrigued and curious over what this was going to look like on the WWE network. Were they going to put any cat? Were they going to inject anything into it? It was an evolve show. Just do you think the presentation was better? It than was a you? bit tidier. Yeah, like the hard cam and stuff was still in the same position as it always would be in that venue. Okay. The camera work I thought was still more or less exactly the same from the various. They're like an LED well. screen up and stuff. They've they have that quite a lot. Have they? Yeah, okay. yeah, they've had that. Shows before. you how much I follow evolve. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've had that there a couple of years ago. I haven't oh, seen Jesus. evolve in probably about eighteen months, two oh. years. The only people who watch evolve are writing reviews for four one run wrestling or 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 have got podcasts. Actually, maybe we should have seen Evolve. Um, but I think we did watch an Evolve show when we first did Mania coverage the first time round. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, no, fa- no actual fans watch Evolve. No. Exactly. But i got to say, if you watch this, you're not going to watch a bad show or anything. Like mm. there, was, there are things about it that were quite encouraging. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest. 
I actually think the WWE developmental guys being involved makes it a slightly more interesting promotion as well mm. because it feels like there's more of an incentive to watch it and it feels like you're seeing more of what the WWE are kind of interested in. You're seeing what Gabe is doing with these WWE mm. guys. I've seen Baba Tunde against yeah. uh, Steve Carino's son on this was kind of weird. It's a proper uh, spit of him as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he didn't have much going of an older Baba Tunde. Baba Tunde, yeah. low rent as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Pair of Nike joggers on. Yeah, during his match. He's a yeah. Polish basketball player, I think, is yeah, where he's he is. from. Yeah, he is. But that was a nothing match. But there were some fun things. Like Eddie Kingston, it was weird seeing him on the WWE Network. It's what was his promo if... like? I heard good things about that. Oh, it's great. It's really good. Like mm. It's a typical Eddie Kingston promo, talking about what him and Joe Gacy have done, where they've come from, what they're doing on this night, where they're going, all the rest of it. It was good. And then the match was kind of a really fun, all-around-the-arena brawl which kind of complimented everyone involved. And there was a, like a feel-good moment at the end when A.R. Fox and the man who was his tag team partner ended up triumphing <laughs> on the night of winning the match. <laughs> the man who was his tag team partner. I can't remember who it was. I didn't make a note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you, you get first-class coverage here on Grapple Spotlight, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I have done my ratings on there as well for this good one. Um, another match that I will say was pretty good. I've never seen um, JP's future stepbrother Josh Briggs in action before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Br- Briggsy, <laughs> for a big man, can really move around the ring. And his offense looked really good as well. There was some really good stuff based around the choke zone, oh, which sorry. was quite cool. And it was just a fun opener. Um, but the highlight of the night had to be Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak. Leon Ruff. Okay, there yeah, we go. Leon yeah. Ruff. That reminds me now. JP, you've seen Riddle versus Gulak, haven't you? What, from... Yeah, I've seen that from this show. Yeah. And that and that was really good. Oh, of course you have. Went, went straight to the Matt Riddle match. <laughs> Did you DM not. him after? Tell him what you thought. Right, mate, I'm, I'm saving that for that big emotional reunion. Oh, he's coming he, back, isn't yeah. he? He's over for uh, NXT UK. Yeah, but... JP I won't be there, be there for that. Nah. True. It, it's it's when he when he he takes the money and he goes ah fuck this New Japan and JP move on in the future that way anyway I digress uh, but yeah as a match I thought Riddle Gulak it was a reminder <coughs> of things that I've not seen Riddle do mm. since he's been in NXT there was like his offense you <coughs> realize when you watch this just how much he's tried to adapt his style to like the modern NXT audience. So his style in NXT, and especially in his big takeover matches, is far more sort of spot-based, if anything, mm-hmm. and far more based around big moves and big strikes. It was far more sort of patient here. There was a lot of real physicality, lots of holds, but the way they were using the holds actually really benefited the match. Lots of subtle stuff of his feet, like slaps of his feet and stuff that... You're not really seeing NXT so much. And Riddle was so up for this as well. Mm. Telly was absolutely in his element. And you could tell... Cradle well in the Gulak, though. Yeah, but Gulak was decent. I'm not a Drew Gulak fan. I've seen some terrible, boring Drew Gulak matches before. But this was probably the best match I've seen him in as well. And you could tell that both of them saw this as an opportunity. It was an opportunity to have a really fun match, to be honest. And they had the crowd throughout the show, if anything. I would say, if you're going to watch anything from this match, that's the match to watch. Mm. Um, I didn't know anything really about the show before, so when Paul Heyman turned up, I was really surprised. <laughs> that was like, looked like oh. a cool moment. 
Oh, it was. Mm. It was. And the way they shot Heyman, the way the camera was positioned, it looked like it was the ECW arena 20 years ago. Yeah. The way they shot it. So it was like this sort of nostalgic way of shooting it. It looked, it looked quite cool. Heyman was into it. He came across as about as genuine as Paul Heyman can ever come across <laughs> as well. Um, he announced the next match as well. His ring announcements were fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, they were so good. And then J.D. Drake against Austin Theory came close, I thought, to the Riddle Gulak match. J- Have you guys seen much J.D. Drake before? This is the Only fake the James work- Drake, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Only in the workhorseman. But he's, he's, he's really yeah. good. He is so much better than the Liverpool James Drake, Benno. Sorry, mate. Blackpool, mate. Blackpool, come on. Oh, I don't know where he's from. Somewhere up north. But <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I'll he's t- a Blackpool blonde, I'll have you know. Oh, is he? Yeah, that was his tag team. Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. He is based in McGull, which is kind of Liverpool, but not really. Um, it's as bad as Liverpool as uh, Little and where I'm from. But anyway, <laughs> let's not get into the purple bins again. Well, I'll take J.D. Drake, uh, probably from like Alabama or somewhere, <laughs> over James Drake from Blackpool any day. And what I say about J.D. Drake is his image and then the style that he works complement each other perfectly. Like He is so different to anyone else out there on the indie scene at the moment. Mm. Agile big man, but his mm. offense and his style... The mate, the manner of his strikes, the manner of his offense looks different to anyone else who's out there in the indie scene at the moment. He's really, really explosive as well. And what I like is you can tell that he's influenced by a generation and style of wrestler that a lot of the current crop of sort of NXT talent aren't really influenced by anymore. And they don't really work a style like this. So his style really so there's something quite old school but sort of with a modern spin about the way he works Austin Fury was just kind of another guy in this match who kept up with J.D. Drake and had a good match but this Drake I think he should be getting booked way more places like mm. I've been seeing the bowler lineup coming out recently and have kind of been like this looks really underwhelming and tells you a lot about current crop of indie talent that are out there mm. I don't know why he's not getting booked in PWG because he can work big time and he's something completely different and a completely different match with whoever you're going to put him in the ring with. I'm really impressed with him. I think him and Anthony Henry are over for the Tag Festival. That's right, yeah. The Tag really League's been rebranded at. For, so hopefully they're going to be in Europe around that time because hmm. it'd be good to see if they do come over to the UK because I'd be, I'd be really interested to see them see them in someone like the cockpit would be kind of great yeah, yeah. yeah. i think you could put him it's not, jd dragon's bodum that's a match i'd want to see in the <laughs> cockpit that'd be a physical war seriously bournemouth meets alabama i'd be up for that yeah <laughs> um, war everybody always wanted yeah, yeah he'd probably love wolverhampton then as well wouldn't he oh gee i feel Does sorry going there i feel sorry for anyone going to wolverhampton i feel sorry for me going back to wolverhampton anytime soon sorry Will. but Going back to the, the show, I'd say if you're going to watch anything, watch the Riddle Gulak match and watch the Drake match. Main event, Adam Cole, Tazawa. It was decent. It was a fine match, mm. but it was just a match. And then we got Johnny Gargano at the end as the former Evolve guy mm. saying nice things about Evolve, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, everyone seems to be saying nice things about Evolve. Like, get that Triple H on Twitter going on about Evolve. It's kind of weird the way we've all reckoned, or they, the way they've reckoned Evolve as like this trend setting forefront of the indies promotion yeah i mean obviously there's a gabe has had a huge influence on the indies and he's got a good eye for guys that he picks and stuff but 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> that that kind of brand is quite interesting. But you know, uh, like, to go back to your point at the start, Joe, like uh, I know I've heard the Voices of Wrestling podcast <laughs> talk about it a lot. No one was watching Evolve anyway, and if anything. This WWE involvement, being on the network, getting an Eddie Kingston promo on the network, getting the WWE guys bl- bled in, it does sound like the most interesting of all has been in a long time. So, yeah, maybe my uh, interest has uh, peaked there a little bit. You know what it is, though? This means Evolve can completely rebrand itself. It kind of created this version of history. Because I remember watching the opening promo package, oh, I was yeah, like, I was gonna mention really? <laughs> it's like... Don't remember that run being necessarily so like it's like it was so vital for for Ricochet, wasn't it? Do you know what it feels like? It feels like this is what Ring of Honor should have been like five six years ago. That's mm. very much the vibe of what they're going for yeah. here. And it feels like they're treating what Ring of Honor was as this underground sensation that developed all this talent and had all these great hot storylines, as if evolve is that company mm. it's they've transferred everything ring of honor put in place yeah. evolve to tell this version of history and it just made me think to myself even more man i hope ring of honor closes down and i'm selling a tape library to wwe and we get some seriously great ring of honor documentaries produced yes. by wwe because mm. that's sapolsky will be all over those wouldn't but, it? But, but gabe is to me gabe yeah. is ring of honor mm. And, you know, Gabe is kind of responsible for getting, I suppose, me into indie wrestling in a big way. And Evolve has never been hot. Evolve has never been good. But at the same time, what they're saying about his legacy, they're transferring all his Ring of Honor stuff to this Evolve history. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It's a bit sad, to be honest. Yeah, and that was a long time ago as well, wasn't it? It's this kind of thing, but it kind of... You know, that really... It it ties into kind of the other show from the weekend as well, because, like... I was watching, you know, GCW's uh, Tribute to Homicide, 5150, they called it, didn't they? And, like, in the first minutes of the show, the very thing I was thinking, Joe, was, you know what I'd love? Like, an ECW one-night stand for Ring of Honor. And I was like, Ring of Honor are never doing it. Never doing it. And you know what? GCW had a bit of a game. in the front row. (laughs) We'll be there in the Olympia, um, that that beautiful venue. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was kind of... I, I hope for that. I don't think we're ever getting it. That's what I was feeling like the GCW Homicide show was like. It's like, you know, the way WWE are like are throwing back to like, oh, remember the oh the, the good old days of, of great gay booking on the indies and kind of co-op in that, co-opting that history. That's what the GCW show felt like. It felt like we've all gotten old enough now that we're not just doing ECW tributes anymore. Like GCW as a whole and this Homicide show, it was like a nostalgia show for the mid-2000s indies. Like that's... We've come full circle here. We're all uh, glorifying the days of Special K and Black G's and Joker and, hom- well, Homicide, definitely. Um, I don't know. They went halfway there. It wasn't a very good show. Uh, I didn't think. I watched the whole thing live uh, for my sins. I know you guys have, have picked and chosen. Um, Jesus, you're a glutton uh, for punishment. Uh, you know what? I had G1 to watch and I had AEW to watch, but I, I thought, yeah. Bit of throwback <laughs> mid-2000s indies was kind of what the, the doctor ordered. I had quite the hangover. I was full of cold. I thought it'd be a good idea. Um, but yeah, Should that's have got the tracksuit on. <laughs> 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 throw me ring of on a beanie on as well. Um, yeah, I do think though. Yeah, there's a mark for that. Maybe if, with the uh, tomato soup to get you over your cold. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, maybe if it didn't quite, it didn't quite land for me as an overall show. Maybe there's still, uh, if they did enough buys, maybe they could come back and do the uh, give it the full uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, I don't know, one night stand uh, tribute at some point, Joe. 
yeah, for years, all I've wanted is WWE to buy Ring of Honor for some new hot promotion to come out of the indies or like an AEW or something. Us to get this WWE-ized version of Ring of Honor with all these ECW One Night Stand style documentaries, all of those Ring of Honor shows there to watch on the WWE Network. Excellent. And yeah, it'd be great if we got a Ring of Honor One Night Stand at, I don't know, the Mur- not the Murphy Rec Center. That'll probably be going back too far. <laughs> The Hammerstein Ballroom, there you go, or the Manhattan Centre. And go yeah. I'd go with. I always love ah, it's not as good a venue. I get why you would go there, but it's not as good a venue. I've been to that venue and it's too open. It is. Um, it is. It's in a big room. A bit light as well. It's probably the yeah. Only. I think I'm just think I'm thinking of the, the classic CM Punk responses and the uh, the big mm. atmospheres they had there. Yeah, you need a nice enclosed environment. I think, mm. if anything, yeah, uh, the rec centre. Let's do that. I wouldn't complain if they did go there. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, perhaps GCW and perhaps the genius of Joey Janela <laughs> try and put some sort of Ring of Honor tribute show on. But at the same time, in terms of access to talent, all the core talent you need are in WWE or AEW, I suppose. So mm, you kind of struggle to put it together. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so you're kind of left with pulling in like the... Prince Nana's of the world and pull, pulling in uh, Jimmy Rave, who's taking a break from uh, DM and people asking for money, uh, and bringing in the 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 J trades of the world. Not that I'm complaining, it kind of worked for the uh, for the for the mid two thousands homicide vibe. Uh, did you see much of the show, by the way? Did you see much of the uh, the GCW homicide show, Joe? I saw none of it. Oh, same you didn't, didn't see. see it. Oh, I thought you'd seen a couple of matches. Got it. No, no. Yeah. Th- to be honest, you don't need to. It it was a struggle live. Got to be. I think. As much as I'm bigging up the idea, it is the idea. The idea of it is great. Um, I get why they think it's a good idea, but as far as actually the the, the execution of it, it wasn't great. Uh, maybe it'd be better if, if you go back and watch on VOD and pick and choose. Maybe it's a worthwhile endeavor, uh, but it was just too long. Like I was watching it again, a bit hungover, waiting for Extreme Rules to start, um, and it was running really, really late. But, I don't know, it wasn't as special as watching the, the Backyard show last week for me. Another good 9 o'clock Sunday start. That's another reason that I watched it. Um, but, I don't know, it had some of the same problems as last time. Like I was saying last week, JP, about like that, that GCW Backyard show. And, like, the biggest problem for me was the, the long intermission. And then it never really recovered in the second mm. half. And this was, was kind of the same. You know, there was some fun very indie stuff in the first half like i say got some some black g's and joker out there got monster mac out there uh the joe but uh there was a unfortunately a member of the hit squad that was uh still missing homicide still uh <laughs> holding on to that beef with damn math uh, the pop that'll get though uh, one day yeah maybe you can come out and hit a uh hit a burning hammer uh we get to see that again I'll probably just end up in a fight at the cauliflower alley club <laughs> yeah maybe that'll happen and uh, not getting invited to the colleague <laughs> do you think homicide is maybe tna bring him on a champion dan math nah, nah not even monster mac very very unlikely uh, but yeah it was kind of full of like guys like i said like joker and that who just look like just bigger versions than they did back in the day doing all the same old spots eddie kingston cut like an impassioned promo in the first half talking about how it was kind of like uh, talking about how homicide had like turned his life around and that he was close to suicide at points and that he was thinking, he's been thinking of retiring, you know, going through all that stuff. Uh, that was quite you know, cool to see, very, very heartfelt. Teddy Hart had a crazy for, uh, 
four-way match with Grim Reefer, Nate Webb, and, and Sanchez. That was that was you know very much what you'd expect it to be. Teddy Hart hitting the ridiculous spots that Teddy Hart will be. Went for a springboard at one point, almost fell off the top rope, went back up and hit his moonsault anyway. It's Teddy Hart. He's a he's a pro. He's always going to pull these things out. They had a, a multi-man, like a, a seven-way match it was. Um, deranged in there, Joe. Azrael in there. Uh, I didn't recognize well, any of the. <laughs> I I was saying like they had Black Zenis, Ghost Shadow. There are these names in here, Gringo Loco, Laredo Kids, and Ophidian in there. I I would have just gone with a seven way special K Invitational. Like that would be on my mid. If I was doing a mid two thousands ROH one night stands, I'd be throwing all the special K kids and SATs and all those guys in there to do some flips. Um, unfortunately, it was only them. Imagine if me and you got to book a Ring of Honor one night stand. <laughs> We should do that as like a fantasy booking podcast one day. If I was to do a fantasy booking podcast and I'm not really tempted by one, that's the one I'd do. <laughs> there you go. Cool. But well, to be fair, this one, show... one episode and you're done. <laughs> that's that's it. it. In and out. Maybe we get Joey Janela on. Because uh, he, he was definitely the brains behind this show. He was the brains behind having like Jimmy Rave win the overly, overly long battle royal that kind of killed the show in the middle um, and throwing J Train. J Train was in there. And didn't even get an entrance, and he was the most entertaining thing on it. It was just full of students. Right after like a half hour intermission, they had like a half hour battle royal, full of students. But at least the man, right when a man went over, GCW were trying to do a story with Prince Nana now, where he's creating another embassy, um, oh, bringing really? in different heels from GCW. That could work. Um, definitely, you oh, Nick Gage in it. Nick Gage is sadly not. No, no. Oh. Uh, they're still they're still in the recruiting stages. G- Jimmy Rave still knocking about. Uh, they used the old embassy theme music though, so that was good. Excellent. Um, but you could JP's be... favorite embassy member, Abyss. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That could work. He was very good in the, in the embassy. Uh, yeah, he was all right. Probably Carino might work. Going yeah, good running. Ring of Honor did Abyss. Best <laughs> run of his career. In and out. <laughs> that's what I liked about it. Yeah. Um, but <coughs> yeah, as far as highlights go, really, the, the things you should check out, maybe check out Loki Joey Janela, just mainly because it was Loki kicking the shit out of Joey Janela and Janela. I've seen people complaining about it, like, oh, like Loki being stiff. I mean, if anyone was up for getting kicked in the face, it's Joey Janela. Um, yeah. Even Loki, to be fair, he was, I know he, he no showed Bloodsport, didn't he, this last year it was, the Matt Riddle one? Um, because something to do with him not wanting to lose to Matt Riddle or Loki being Loki, but they even I think even in the advertising they built it up like will Loki show up, uh, and he did show up and he did go over, but he was in his he had his working boots on he didn't come out to his classic f- theme Joe, uh, he came out to, to Big Pun in his suit I was kind of hoping for like ROH Loki but we didn't get it, uh, but he was taking some bumps took a bump through a table for Joey Janela maybe that was the uh, the payback for a. Uh, for getting to go over. Uh, it was a fun match, though. Um, like I say, him just bit, beating the shit out of, of Joey Janela. And the OGs and LAX had a match, Homicide and Hernandez, uh, against the you know the new LAX, which didn't really meet the, the heights of uh, of some of their impact work. Unfortunately, uh, nobody was getting run over in, their, in drive-by segments. The music man messed up Homicide's entrance, so his music stopped halfway through his entrance. You know, the the man Jeez. of the hour, the entire show was built around. He genuinely looked like he was going to go and kill the music guy, like he cut a promo yeah. on him. Uh, and I really did believe he was uh, probably in danger for his life, yeah. but that was He'll kind of the peak. that list next to Dan Math, won't he? Fuck me, yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a short list, but you don't want to be on that list. Nah. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of a shame. It was an okay match. Homicide did a you know, bit of a, a farewell at the end, which was nice. And then they had a couple of Nick Gage 
hardcore matches at the end. And at that point, Extreme Rules had started and we turned over. I'd had enough of uh, seeing Jimmy Lloyd get stabbed with scissors for uh, oh, for one month. So I didn't... Uh, idiot. <laughs> I didn't watch that one in the end. Uh, but I do think they, they maybe threw Homicide on a little bit early <laughs> to, to maybe, you know, uh, placate the people who were wanting to turn over to Extreme Rules. But yeah. I, I can't, again, like the idea of the show, liked maybe, you know, that one match in the middle, Joey Janela and Homicide, but all in all, yeah, maybe not the, uh, for me, not the home run that the uh, the Backyard show was. Well, it's, 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 I mean, they seem to be doing well with these shows, mm. and it is like it boosting wrestling, it really and it has a niche audience for it, and that's what they managed to do. Mm. And the fact that they actually get around to being able to kind of do it, and it's, nobody else's mm. so there's a definite gap there and for him it works and it means that it keeps him hot on the indies which is kind of really indelible for him to get kind of hot on um on in AEW you want that kind of indie buzz as being the creative guy comes up with these wild shows I think the next one what is it Escape from New York is it that's right Janela's one over SummerSlam weekend but when me and UJP are recording 27 podcasts that weekend so is oh. it in the, I, I'm around for that now. Oh, you're back like, now? Oh, that's good. Joe's enjoying it. Changed some holiday, not for the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> some stuff ended up changing. You're a very dedicated man, Joe. I appreciate it. And, uh, well, anything for the cause. Um, <laughs> in New York, or is it actually in Toronto? Um, no, it's in Toronto. Oh, is it? Oh, is this before it? And then there's the Toronto so separately? Yeah, it's right. before that. Oh, well, okay. Not the same weekend. He's definitely no. doing one in Toronto, though, aren't he? Is that right? I don't know. You're the GCW correspondent. <laughs> I need to uh, to check my GCW records and work it out because they're usually they're very good at kind of following uh, following around and uh, and keeping and keeping it keeping themselves in the news. Uh, it's kind of like a I don't know. I think if GCW didn't have like these gimmick Joey Janela shows, I don't think we'd be talking about it. So it'd be no. a, it'd be a huge just... miss if they didn't do it. Um, I'm just thinking in Toronto, you think of the amount of things they could pull off in terms of old Canadians. Get Bruce Hart in for the night or something. That'll get a pop. Oh, it's Escape from LA on the 9th, which is... is ah, weekend, isn't it? Uh, sorry, not Escape from... I was trying to... I think I was thinking that because oh, I love Escape from New York and Escape from LA is just a crushing disappointment for anyone who liked Escape from New York. Not a Kurt Russell for that tonight. Never enough. I'm a big, big Kurt Russell fan, especially Kurt Russell in a John Carpenter film. Between The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, just great stuff. Yeah. Snake Plissken. <laughs> Did yeah. all the music for his own films as well, John Carpenter. All that synth stuff. Yeah, you, can, you can see him live in concert, one of my mates went to see him. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, oh, well up for that. Looking at GCW's Twitter feed... Yeah, can't see anything for Toronto. They got oh, blood. It's just the same weekend, though. then. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's coming up. Too. That's going to be big. Um, Where's Blood Sport Two? Uh, there has been a Blood Sport Two. September fourteenth. There was a Blood Sport Two. No, oh, Josh Barnett's Blood Sport Two. Oh right. Yeah, his right. second one. Sorry. What's go. that in conjunction with? That I don't think it's in conjunction with anything. Oh right. So it's just I, a, yeah, I think it might be a okay. standalone show. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, well, it's one of them. When I've got the fight books and they put on like a an interesting show like this, even if it doesn't always work, like this homicide show, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm still gonna be interested in it, and yeah, I'll still be watching Escape from LA that that mania week that uh, SummerSlam weekend. I'm still gonna be into it, uh, and I'll still be watching Bloodsport too. So yeah, they've got my money. Maybe when the Janela chain runs out, uh, this buzz for GCW might go away. But yeah, 
like you say, boutique events is the way to put it, JP, and that's kind of what they're selling. Um, but like I say, yeah, I turned over from GCW to uh, Extreme Rules. Uh, I know you both saw, Joe, jo, you were saying you saw right. a couple of matches from this. I watched Alistair Black against Cesaro, and I was making my lunch and needed somebody to just put on in the background as well for my lunch. So I hadn't seen Daniel Bryan in a while, so I watched the tag match he was in, which was good, but I was watching it thinking, why the fuck is he in this tag match? <laughs> yeah. I I saw none of it. I couldn't even tell you what's on half the fucking cards, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know Same what? people rotating spaces. I enjoyed it for the most part. I actually thought it was really? a decent show. Like I th- honestly didn't think I'd find myself on a podcast saying this. It was better than AEW. It really was. It was better than the Homicide show. Not better than the G1 shows, but honestly, it was fine. I mean, I'm not going to tell you to go and you know spend four hours of your life watching it, JP. But I would say, like, what you need to see. Roman Reigns and the Undertaker against Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon. And I know that Shane McMahon... Really? Is, Shane McMahon is overused. Shane McMahon should not be on TV every week. They're making a storyline out of it with Kevin Owens. But he's still great value. Shane McMahon... Selling fear for the Undertaker doing his sit-up. Shane McMahon trying to do an advanced Terminator on the Undertaker. Shane McMahon oh. doing that elbow again, like at his age when he's literally oh. probably killing himself. Selling for Drew McIntyre. It was the least offensive Shane exp- uh, appearance I've seen in a while. Even his shitty punches didn't look that shit. He looked like he was really peppering the Undertaker. And I'll tell you what, Roman Reigns and the Undertaker, they look like a dad and lad team. But <laughs> Undertaker was fully up for it. Like it felt like because of that Goldberg match, he wanted to be out there and he wanted to, you know, clear some cobwebs and he wanted to, you know, I don't know, clear his rep a little bit. And he could have just picked his moments and jumped in and out. And you know, in parts he did, but he was in the ring a lot and he looked fine. He looked absolutely. He still obviously looked older, but he was the most comfortable I've seen him in a ring. You know, in a while. You know, not considering the uh, the tag with Sean and Triple H and, like I say, that Goldberg match. Uh, he actually looked all right. And yet it was a lot of fun. It really was uh, watching Drew and Shane kind of sell for the, the two big bits. They put it on first, which was weird. Um, and there was a lot of pl- plunder and distraction, but genuinely, it was very good. And I, I would have thought, yeah, you'd uh, you'd maybe love that one so quietly. I'm not going to lie. The way you sold the Shane McMahon stuff, it sounds like everything I love about a Shane McMahon. Exactly. Best of the world, Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah. It's just they've killed it, haven't they, by putting them on TV every week? That's the problem. They can't help themselves. Maybe I'm going to have to have a... If I get the... I've, I've got a bit of time at the moment. Yeah. Sneaky watch of that while I'm making lunch tomorrow, possibly. I gave mm. it 3.75 on Grapple. I generous. St- I still won't risk watching it on the big screen at work in case someone walks past. <laughs> no, that that's not the one to worry about. I mean, there were other sh- other matches on the show you might think that about, but no, oh, that, okay. that was absolutely fine. I mean, I don't know. Is it one to watch? We don't need work? star ratings. It's about whether or not would you let a non-wrestling fan <laughs> look at this or feel humiliated. Most <laughs> wrestling, I would not show a non-wrestling fan. Get Gareth to build build that into uh, the next uh, yeah. build a grapple. Uh, throw that in there. Um, I tell you, I mean, I would say, like for me, I gave that three point seven five. It's probably my second favorite match on the show because I'm looking at grapple now. The average for this match was only three on grapple, so maybe I just enjoyed the wildness of it. Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. You probably don't want to watch that in a room full of wrestling fans with a lot of the gimmickry and a lot of the, the big bumps. But JP, if I can sell it to you, it reminded me of like Abyss and Monty <laughs> Brown going at it and, you know, big, big lads throwing right. big moves at each other and, and kind of just, just... You had me at Monty. 
<laughs> like a monster's ball kind of scenario. It was the best. It was the best Braun Strowman's looked in a long time. Um, you know, built around his strengths with the you know the big gimmicks and the the table bumps and the the crowd brawling and the, and he did like a big spot where he kind of they they both disappeared into the, into like a pit. And then he busted out. I was hoping it'd be Shockmaster style, and he'd trip over on the way out. But he kind of busted out superhero style and and got the win in the in the last one standing match. Genuinely, a lot of fun. And genuinely, I gave it four stars. Maybe I was feeling a bit generous, um, but absolutely that them two matches very gimmicky. The Reigns take a match and that. But if I'm gonna watch WWE at this point, I'll take that. You know, the tropey ridiculous matches are, tend to be what I enjoy on these WWE pay per views. Had you had a few? <laughs> <laughs> Not one. I hadn't drinking one, mate. Did you had a good weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I had a very good weekend. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all we need to know. Maybe I was in a good mood. I, I mean, I say that, though. I enjoyed both of those matches. I'll, I mean, I'll keep it brief. The rest of the show wasn't a huge amount to write home about. I've, I've heard people rave about Alistair Black and Cesaro. It's a 10-minute match. People seem to love it. It was quite hard hitting. There was a bit where Alice Black literally took off Cesaro's head, low key style. I wasn't as wasn't as big into it as to as the uh, you know the other voters uh, on Grapple seem to be with that one. It just I don't know. It wasn't for me. Maybe it's one I need to need to go back and watch because I heard John Pollock absolutely rave about that thing like it was one of the best matches he'd seen in a while. Uh, three point seven nine average on Grapple. I only went with with three on that one. AJ Styles and Ricochet was a match that happened on the show. It was a professional wrestling match between two professional wrestlers. A match that would be better in literally any other arena in the world, in any other company in the world, in any other scenario in the world. Uh, I don't know how you make that bang average, but it was. The crowd didn't help either. Um, that sounds incredible. That's a, just take, just go back a, a second there. AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Imagine that in New Japan. It's a boring match in front of a dead crowd. How the hell do you manage to produce I don't know. that? And the, the lads tried to be fair. Within the, the boundaries of WWE style, they really did try. But the oh. crowd just went into it. And I don't, I don't know whether it's Ricochet not connecting or just odd placement on the show coming after that Daniel Bryan match that Joe mentioned before. But yeah, just didn't really work. Um, and yeah, you know, the while there were highlights on the show... The main events of the show did kind of have me wishing I wasn't staying up. It wasn't four in the morning and I was still watching the WWE pay-per-view because Beth, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins apparently go go out together in real life, but you wouldn't know it from the chemistry on what? screen. Um, do they? <laughs> yeah, apparently apparently they oh, do. Yeah. Put it in an angle then. You've never yeah. mentioned it, have they? Um, yeah, in the main event with Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, that's kind of the worst of the WWE. Going back to Brock Lesnar, couldn't be less interesting to me, but I get it because Seth Rollins has just been... You know, he's he's not been a success as WWE champion. I think you can fairly say that. I I've always found them quite not average, but above average. Um, I don't think he he fits being the top guy. I get wanting to reset if we're going into this Paul Heyman era. Um, so for me, it kind of the show kind of ended on a negative, but you know, plenty of positive there as well. If you if you're willing to uh, willing to cherry pick. It sounds like the Shane match should have been the real main event. To be honest, <laughs> it was. We started at the top. <laughs> And then we kind of had a slippery slope with maybe a, a little bump in the middle for Braun and Bobby. Um, but again, that just might be uh, one of my guilty pleasures. That is the trend with most big WWE cards, isn't it? Mm. They do manage a lot of the time to end up choosing like a really good opener. And then it does kind of fall, not say fall off a cliff, but certainly goes down from there. Mm. I I might watch the, the Shane Taker match or the tag match outside of it. 
I'm just like, uh, it's, it's like you mentioned I about... I enjoyed the Cesaro Alistair Black match yeah. for 10 minutes of them lumping the shit out of each other. And it didn't feel like a WWE match at all. It's just I, that... thought, I thought they had some chemistry and Cesaro's sort of stripe-based offense, mm. the way that Alistair Black was using the kicks and stuff. It was kind of cool, but you're not missing out on much by it's, not watching that. So. I suppose one of the, I, I don't want to go back entirely back to the Evolve show. One of the nice things about hearing Lenny Leonard on commentary and someone different. And one of the things that I just, he was good. I find he was, uh, he from what I heard of it. It was the best I've ever seen Lenny looking. <laughs> but hearing the WWE commentary team is the thing I just find. Oh, it's awful. It is. It's fucking cringe. Just, we we it's, complained about the AEW. It's stuff. fingernails on a blackboard. <laughs> AEW awkward like uh, shots of the three of them sat at the announcers table to really bad comedy. There was one bit of comedy I saw where Byron Saxton was doing some shite and Corey Graves was pretending to be annoyed. And it was like, ah, oh, like who, yeah. who backstage thinks this is great content? The f- the well, we fucking know mad Targaryen king, as always. <laughs> it's just transparent bollocks. It was. Oh, it turns out the Kingslayer is nothing more than the kiss arse, so that's not going to be happening, is it? Byron Saxon. Discuss. Or don't, because there's nothing to say. I, there's nothing to say about Byron Saxon. Yeah. There's, there's nothing nice to be said, certainly. <laughs> Unless it's just some bizarre perform- performance art. It's art piece where he's just trying to pretend to be a really shite announcer in every way mm. it's it's quite interesting he manages to kind of get the exact opposite reaction to to what he goes for but i get yeah, i can't listen to them can't listen to any of them it's mm. just it's painful fair enough um well one other positive i want to say before we get into the g1 stuff just very quickly one other thing i watched this week and anyone who listens to a bw on post will have uh heard my, my full takes already so i'll be brief uh, and really if you listen to me twice a week maybe consider what you're doing with your life but you know uh, <laughs> uh, I, I would just want to point out that the i, I watched the the riptide show uh, that you guys were, uh, mm. were were at and were raving about last week um and specifically the pack and a while match just wants to very quickly before we get to the you want your thoughts on that as a as a great match you guys did your job as a very partisan crowd i thought that was a a big note for me it's what i really what i really enjoyed about it was packed just being this evil outside the heel despite the the pop he got at the start and you guys and the rest of the crowd so desperately wanting car and to win and you know in a lot of ways it was very much the pack show you know he's just so fucking good like his timing there were little things like there was a double down in the middle of the match where he was kind of where the crowd were he was like letting the crowd soak it in and letting Karen Noir get his little comebacks at all the right moments where it watching on VOD it was like I'm watching a top draw worker here and you know he was great Karen Noir did hold up his own end you know with the little things like yeah. fighting back from the kicks from the ground and stuff but yeah for me it was a masterclass in like we said earlier reminded me of a, just how good Pac is um you know in telling a story similar to the to the oku match and you know resorting to flying when he absolutely has to and you know almost having to support you know noir out to pasture with the red arrow at the end and yeah i really loved it not quite as good as uh, as pat michael oku but absolutely lived up to the uh, the live report that you guys last week and did seem to to peak a lot i'm you know i'm not 100 sold on car noir i love the gimmick i love the presentation in riptide i wonder you know about translating it to other places but as far as the best place for this match to happen, this was it. Um, and as far as a, a way to get his name out, uh, brilliant and genius from Riptide to, to throw it up on, on YouTube for, for everybody to see. 
Yeah, it was really, um, it was good, the fact, because I think we'd recorded, I don't think it had gone up. By the no, time not yet, no. Recorded. So. so it was like a real affirmation of what we'd ended up seeing live and how great it was and the reaction for when Pat, Pat comes out. I think of our work colleague who hasn't gone to a show since going to see like NXT in Plymouth, I think, or something along those lines. Was it? Addy? Yeah, yeah, he'd gone to... See NXT. Oh, I, to, I thought he'd never been to a show. No, no, yeah, and but seeing his reaction when when Pat came out and just like being slightly incredulous for it, and when you go there and you see what the venue's like and what they managed to do to it, it is really special. He watched it back and texted me today raving about how good it looked as well. Mm. Mm. What done with it? Oh, yeah. those like the, the smoke machines going off in the background and stuff, and just yeah, just what they. It sounded great live, but what. It's almost like I would say the best way to watch Riptide is on the VOD, like just because of what they, how they present it. It's um, a great live promotion, mate. It really is. Yeah, it's doing uh, both bits. Doing yeah, both brilliant. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. perfect. And it's yeah. it's not undeserved praise. And you know what? They don't half-arse it. Mm. And I know that you did the, the, you know, you can see how, if you see that venue being used by someone else, all of the things they manage to add on. So... You know, the way that they've got the tiered um, standing areas on the side that kind of creates, as Joe said at the time we were reviewing it, creates that terrace style atmosphere. Mm. And it's fantastic. It's a real experience. They're doing, they're making something really special there. And yeah, again, echo what we said last time. What they're also managing to do is not go berserk. They're, they're busy trying to create a really strong product. And that's what they're managing to do. Definitely. So, yeah, but just wanted to mention that there. Just again, the apologies for shaming anybody. I do appreciate anyone really who listens to me twice a week. I think you're crazy, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, really wanted to just point that out as, uh, yeah, it was uh, was as good as you guys said. Um, anything else you want to talk before we, uh, we get into our G1 section? I think I think that's it for the other stuff, isn't it? That's it. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's talk some G1. To me, do you know what Jay White is? He's a better version of Baron Corbin. Right, G1. It's week one. Almost. Kind of. I mean, we had that one Dallas show. I don't know if it... Does that count as week one? Are we up to week two, JP? Uh, what would you count it as? Uh, this feels like the proper week one, mm. frankly. Being in Japan makes it feel like, all right, this is G1 now. Because mm. I didn't like, one of the things I didn't like from the Dallas show at the very beginning is when they had the, the sort of intro package, mm. it was all in English. And I was like, ah, uh, no, I want I want the usual package that they end up putting up that on the show. That shite music from last year. Oh, it's great. Come on. Mm. <laughs> Take that back. Most yeah. wonderful time of the year, Joe. It oh, is. I don't disagree with that, but you know, I'd rather you know. Most wonderful time of the year, a lot of people say it's Christmas, and if I'm hearing Cliff Richard mistletoe and wine <laughs> on Saviour's Day, I'm thinking it ain't the most wonderful time of the fucking year. But then I hear a bit of wham, and I'm like, you know what? You're onto something here. <laughs> I wish I don't know the G1 start using I don't know. Wake me up before you go, go. <laughs> Edge of, he- edge of Heaven by Wham. There's a better one because G1, it does feel like I'm on the Edge of Heaven in summer because it is that great. 
<laughs> well, JP, I appreciated your intro last week. And I appreciated the intro, yeah, we, everyone will have just heard now uh, that you've done for us this year. I thought it was a great song. Um, but yeah, it is. It's the it's definitely the best time of the year. It, I feel like we're... Oh, go on, JP. I was going to say in terms of the song, because it is rather like this year's one. I've heard it a few times. It is better than what it is, but it's still not good. It's certainly not a patch of last year's. Joe's shaking his head. He's they're wrong, obviously. No, they're not. They're all terrible. I think it's you with the issue here, mate. mate. The last not time them. I remember a good song being used for a wrestling show was WrestleMania 19 with Limp Bizkit Crack Addict. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I do, but it's not It's not a patch on my way, is it? I prefer my way, but Crack Addict was a tune. Didn't make it onto a Limp Bizkit album, though. Yeah, I can't <laughs> recall it as a song at all. No. Much a bit of WrestleMania 19, mate. I need to go back and uh, revisit. Um, yeah, maybe New Japan need to give the Limp Bizkit guys a call. I'm sure they'll still come back and do songs, won't they? If, if, if the last that, oh, absolutely. They're playing in... Um, I'm going to Germany on Thursday, and it's a bit unfortunate because my mates I'm going with, all my mates from school, one of my mm. mates is living out there. If we were going a week later, Limp Bizkit are playing in his town that weekend, and that mate of mine's going as well. So we could have had a big old reunion at Limp Bizkit. So a little bit gutted. And they might have played Crack Addict. Oh. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, but anyway, G1, yeah. So for the... <laughs> for the, the poor, I'm just thinking of the four people who've listened to the first 20 minutes and then have looked at the timestamp and they've skipped forward. And now we're talking about Limp Bizkit instead. Uh, but that's what you get when you get to Apple Podcasts. That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but back to G1. Uh, music aside... Uh, I suppose we could talk about it's only three days so we can talk about our highlights for each of the days in turn but I don't know any, any overall thoughts so far are you feeling it yet I'm not sure I'm feeling it yet uh, maybe it's the fact that there's so many you know the likes of they got seem to be going down a line of Tanahashi Ibushi Naito mm. Saber Jay White loads of people not getting any points yet uh, they, they're telling a different story it feels this year is it the fact that we had that Dallas show last week? Uh, I'm trying to get into it, JP, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm not feeling the, the buzz of the time of the year. Yeah, I mean, for me, the one thing it hasn't had is that absolute killer match yet. Mm. The absolute killer match that makes you feel like you're there, which is normally sort of a preserve of someone like an Ishii at this point mm. in the tournament. And in some ways, those first couple of days never end up being as good because there's always a thing about wanting to do upsets. And that's been very much the, the route they've gone down. It appears to be the story, certainly in B Block, is that it's a case that Naito and Jay White have just assumed that they'll meet in the last week for the final to see who wins the block. And mm. they've had those couple of early losses, the idea of them leading to them being more motivated and more dastardly, respectively, of, of that that's what's going to go with them in the B Block. With Juice getting a, a sort of interesting, you know, couple of wins, I was surprised when he beat Shingo. But mm. so... It seems to me like rather than the great matches, it's more about just sort of setting the overall scene. Mm. And we're very early into it. And that's fine. There's enough goodwill. I've got enough confidence. There's going to be some really good stuff. I don't think there's going to be, you know, a lot of stinkers there. And I would say in terms of the actual bad, bad stuff, like not having a Yoshihashi in there, mm. not having a, a Togi Makabe in there. This is where it's. I, I'm actually much more intrigued in a lot more undercard matches mm. than what I'd normally be. And I have to admit, there was a curiosity value of seeing Archer versus Farley as well, and about how that would go. But yeah, really, for for me, it's just about sort of setting the scene at the moment. And I don't know if it's fucking up. Oh, <coughs> sorry, bless me. A big old sneeze there. I don't know if he's fucking up anyone's G1 Pickums. 
I'm doing okay, JP. I'm all right. I'm I'm in the mix. I haven't caught up with Rando Bot three thousand and the post ones. Uh, I'm still way at the bottom on the voices ones, but you know, I went for went with my opposite picks. So it's always going to happen. One's going to be good. One's going to be bad. And I did that in how the many, last ten minutes. How many before points? In post or in uh, in voices? Well, both. Both. In post, I think I'm on twelve. Um, okay. so I'm doing okay. Uh, I think most, I think the most is that people are on is on about 15 on voices. Yeah. I don't know what the points are, but if you scroll all the way to the bottom of, to the, is it what? 3000 people, something like that. Um, I'm in there in like the, the last 20 odd or people. So less said about that, the better. How are you doing JP? Well, first three days, I had two on each of the days. I went, oh, this is, this is fucked. Mm. And there was me thinking about that 20 quid, 3000 people. Mm. Let's just add this in again. 3,000 people, 20 quid each, winner takes all. <laughs> You'd be watching. You don't want G- it to be for money, JP, but you want it to be for money. more money than the winner of the G1 would take back in a salary. Grapple gambling. It's a business idea for next year. Should we do like a Premier League type game, like fancy football, where each week you get to pick your pickums again, JP? Would you feel better with that? If we threw some money at it, throw some. Let's get yeah. Gareth can get it sorted. He's the man with the plan. We could have I'm like a version a, of the grapple app for fancy uh, G1. The marketing could be, you know, like Ray Winston doing the bet free Jesus. It could be JP talking about like, well, like, I don't know, the horses, the dogs. I've done them all. I've been there wrestling. <laughs> And it could be you in like a coat, like a Del Boy style coat, little Paul Piatton or something. Get a little book out of you. Little so. Birdie's told me that Juice is going to have a big year this year. You want to get on it? Get on the app now. There we go. And then it comes up, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there's an idea. Juice I'm, to beat Yano. Look, I'm five not, to four. I've never been into the Pickham stuff, but I will enter if Gareth gets it on the go and if you're doing the advertising for it. Oh. I might have overestimated JP. There's only 840 people in. Is that uh, enough money for you? Is it still worth it? Look, mate, again, 854, you know, you're talking a, let's just say a good 13 grand. 13 grand for a wrestling tournament. I like the way you did those maths that quickly. It's not, I I mean, this is very unlikely to happen and there's certain um, federal laws we'd be breaking along the way, but it'd be good fucking fun. (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't it as long as it lasted you got 13 grand for watching the g1 that summer you should almost be compelled to go to the final of the tokyo of to, to go to the final of the g1 the summer afterwards mm-hmm. and Mate, that becomes 17 grand it'll be jesus gotta be careful with those gambling laws though in certain countries jp it's like the official premier league fancy football the winner gets a digital camera still and there's millions of players in that uh, yeah. be careful with those gambling laws but that could be a way to uh, to pick post and voices and get our own thing going maybe a, exactly. maybe a plan for next year um, but, but I don't know based on current evidence JP you're not taking that money home we could even That's... be UK based just to get rid of the laws possibly <laughs> there you go so we have a UK we're just thrashing this out I love the way it's just turned into a real pitch now it really we has. haven't told Gareth. He's just going to have to listen to this and, and, and just put it together for us now next year. I think that's the way we like to drop these things into the mix. He mm. loves a cheeky flutter, does Gareth. So why not be in charge of cheeky flutters all the way through G1? Oh, cheeky flutters, that's the title. As I've said before, it's what Masao would have wanted. <laughs> um, anyway. So <laughs> yes, I'm on 10 points. I, I, I didn't look first three days. Ah, oh, fuck this. And then mm. I had four points on the last day. So I'm up to 10 and I went, oh, I'm probably God. nowhere in this. Yeah. Well, that's Five the thing. points off the lead. I was like, oh, the fuck's going? It just appears to be a wild, like, no one's no. on the pattern of how this is going to go. No one's calling some of these results. You know, no one's calling, you know, 
Jay White and Ishii. No one's calling. Well, some people I, did. Taichi and Naito. Did you call him? Did you? Like, uh, Ishii has always been that G1 spoiler. Mm. But I actually want to see them go somewhere with it one year and just give him just one main event world title match. And he's earned the right to that at this point. And mm. I think the, the sympathy story you could get in like a a venue with him could be really great. In the Carda for an IWGP. That would be the one. Be, mm, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, but I suppose as far as the actual content of the show is mm, going, sorry. just trying to think of a segue there. <laughs> uh, we should probably talk about them. I mean, let's go through day by day. I mean, day... I keep wanting to say day one, but it's day two. Uh, kind of kicked off this week's uh, action with the B block. Uh, I don't know. Any any big highlights jump out for you? Uh Jay White headlining, uh, Joe. That's a that was a thing. Um, Kobishi was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know what mm. were the what were the highlights uh, or what are the the big stories coming out of uh, the first day proper of uh, of the G One in Japan. I thought it was a really solid day, really solid show to get it underway in Japan. I loved the first match. I thought Juice and Shingo mm. were really, really good together. I thought there was a natural chemistry. It was a I fight, thought, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And it showed how diverse Shingo is again. Like mm. Shingo can kind of adapt to anyone's style. Mm. And this was the best I've seen Juice in a while, I thought. I thought that his charisma was off the charts here. Mm. Um, I thought that he was really playing into it with some of the stuff that he was doing in the match. Uh, he had the crowd on side as well. And I was really surprised that he, he won the match, to be honest with you. I thought this mm. was a guarantee for Shingo, but yeah. not not complaining. It was a really, really fun match. So you're talking three and three quarters, four star sort of level to get things underway. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more Shingo, i got to say. Shingo the diversity of opponents that I've never seen him face before in this tournament. Mm. It's going to be interesting. The Shingo Ishii match is one of the matches of this tournament that I'm looking forward to more than any other mm. because I almost feel like there could be a sort of like, I'd say passing of a torch. What torch is really being passed? But Shingo, to me, is like a more diverse Ishii in many ways. He's an Ishii that can do a little bit more mm. um, that maybe doesn't tell stories in his matches and sell in the same unique way Ishii does, but there are similarities there. And I feel that Shingo could play that Ishii role in the company at mm. some point, possibly. Um, yeah, I think he was, he's, he's kind of like... It's interesting because he's still the junior in there, isn't he? So I'm kind of watching it, thinking, are they gonna, you know, be putting him over guys? Are they gonna, are they gonna Osprey him? Uh, which is kind of my worry with Osprey losing, you know, a lot of matches in this going through the tournament, or are they really gonna get behind him? Um, I did think it was like it. It does, you know, you mentioned the you know the junior thing there. It does make a mockery of that. It's a bit like remember when Kenny Omega was the junior champion and AJ was the world champion, and they were in the same stable, and Kenny was bigger than AJ. Like Shingo to me looks. Every bit as wide as Juice, maybe an inch smaller. But I did seem, for me, I felt a bit of a difference in the match. Like it felt like Shingo, you know, he was in the, undefeated in the best of the Super Juniors. And then he's in there and he's mowing through people. And then he's in there with the Juice Robinson. And maybe, you know, Juice isn't selling quite as much as some of the juniors did for them. And maybe mm-hmm. that they're trying to sell a story that's a, a bit more of a fight that for Shingo. But I just dropped that entire <coughs> thing at this point. He's not a junior. He's a heavyweight. Um, and I want to see him dominate people. And yeah, I know. It kind of, although I did go with it in my pickums, just because I did think, you know, him being a junior coming in, and, and I went three point seven five, just like you, Joe, knowing it was going to be a good match going into. Um, I was kind of hopeful that you know 
he'd start better than a loss, but obviously uh, that get rectified a couple of days later. I suppose it's an easy story to tell as well, isn't it? And mm. I thought exactly the same as you. I think he will become a full-time heavyweight at some point. I think they will mm. probably close the show's storyline off before they do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's an easy guy you can get good matches out of but put losses on during mm. the tournament as well by having him in there. It's a simple story to tell. Definitely. Any notes on that one, JP? Were you a fan? What you, what you give it on Grapple? I was a fan. I'm just having a look now. I think I, I gave it four. Mm. It was. It felt for me, it did very much the same job or how I felt when I watched Archer versus Osprey on mm. night one. You know, sort of great opener on that. Great you guys start. Have, exactly, yeah. Really, you know, hot starts. But yeah, I, I would uh, agree with a lot of the opinions that you, you guys have given there for the, this one yeah. really fun match just having a look now see if i can find it i think yeah four stars yeah fair enough great way to start the show and great way to start the b block which in some ways does feel a, a little bit more int- i think the a block's gonna have better matches but i think there's some interest and like we've just said little stories you can tell on the b block but yeah mm. great way to start things proper i thought um mox and tai chi after it was something um <laughs> I mean, it's Tai Chi, so there's not really much you can do. And it was a short match, so, you know, but it was mm. basically a brawl outside. There was a table brump, and then it kind of just ended with a finisher. Uh, I don't know, Joe, you were saying last week you weren't, you were a little bit worried. Not worried, but, you know, you were saying he's a little bit unproven as far as an in-ring commodity goes. Obviously, we're going to talk, be talking about another day in a minute, but I can't imagine uh, this Tai Chi match did much to, uh, to soothe kind of your thoughts in that direction. Uh, no, I thought it was fine for what mm. it was. Um... I think that people are overly excited about him because he's fresh, and I get that. And I don't think he's the big hitter that a lot of people necessarily think he is in terms of what he is in the ring. But both of his matches so far have been about eight minutes, and I'm fine with that because it's made him look strong. It's mm. gotten him over. The crowd obviously like him. He's got a unique entrance. And he's against Tai Chi. Tai Chi shit. <laughs> <laughs> I gave this like three and a quarter stars. Oh, 2.75. You, you got that out of a Tai Chi match, which is absolutely yeah. fine. In oh, in three. And if mm. Moxley's matches are going to be slightly different in the tournament as well, and they're going to be a break from the norm, that's fine by me. Let him have a slightly longer match with, say, an Ishii, a Shingo or someone mm. at some point. Mm. That's cool. Um, see what you can do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I think that Ghetto probably knows what his limitations are to some some extent as well, which is why he's booked him into eight-minute matches so far. But mm. if it's going to be something slightly fresh on the card, absolutely fine, because yeah. we need variety on these G1 cards. Definitely. Plus, we get to, get to see him come out with Shota Umino carrying his belt in there. Great shooter Umino, Umino, isn't it? That he keeps on calling him. He keeps on calling him <laughs> Shooter. Yeah, <laughs> the little promos they do where he's kind of leaning on him and Umino just doesn't really seem to understand what's going on. Uh, walking around in a, in a Mox t-shirt and carrying the belt. Uh, I'll take that for an entire tournament. Yeah, uh, always. Yeah, But yeah, that was fine. Uh, anyone got any notes on Naito Yano? I suppose the biggest thing is that Naito lost to Yano. Uh, it was a Yano roll-up match. It was kind of a probably a coupon buster for a lot of people. Uh, kind of almost trolling the uh, the big Naito fans who were, who were seeing this as a year. <laughs> uh, not much to say about a match. It was a Yano match, wasn't it? I gave it 2.5 on Grapple. Uh, but an interesting news story that was starting this way with uh, with Naito. 
his year. He's won it twice already. Mm. Well, his year to win it and then go on to Wrestle Kingdom and be the guy. Yeah, do the Wrestle Kingdom thing. Mm. People want him to run the gannet. Like, people, I don't see it. I don't see him as top guy in New Japan. I see him as like a 1B. Um, but people really think, yeah, this is the one. He's going to go through, he's going to win it properly, and he's going to go to Wrestle Kingdom and win there too. Yeah, for me, he is like the, you've got, I don't know, Austin and Rock, and then you've got Triple H. And for me, you've got Tanahashi and Okada, and Naito is that, Naito's better than Triple H. Mm. Yeah. He is at that level, if you ask me. Mm. The Randy Savage level. What do you think they're doing? Do you think he's going to lose a couple, and then he's going to come back and, and rally? Yeah, I yeah. can't see you else from this spot you could put in the final. Um, the only other person I think could have, you know, that great final match is Ishii, mm. but probably Shingo as well. But they're not going to give it to Ishii or Shingo, are they? So, you know, mm. if we, oh, man, if they did give it to Ishii, that would be great. Mm. As an outside bet, that would be it. tremendous. And I think this is a year that they're going to go that little bit. I think Ishii has ended up around eight points most years, but it's always with some very big wins in there. Mm. But I can see him kind of. He's, you know, it'd be good to see him being positioned into challenging for an intercontinental yeah. title as well. I'd love to see him just that world title match for Isn't challenging. Is he doing his Spurs Champions League run to the final <laughs> this year? The G1 yeah. would be the dream. I'd say, okay. That would be tremendous. I'd be up for that. They're definitely starting in that direction. Like, you know, he, he's doing well so far. Um, started hot with, with uh, the match with Jeff Cobb on this show, starting with a big win. I mean, I love. I, I've got to say, this is probably my highlight of the show. Well built, mm. you know, on the undercard tag, which uh, I believe I saw a report that that was kind of just Ishii on the fly calling that in Dallas. Um, just picking a fight with the big lad, which, you know, is the best thing that Ishii can do. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fun. The most One of the most times I've enjoyed Jeff Cobb as far as a Jeff Cobb match goes is suplexes and throws. They all look great with Ishii selling. That power driver he hit looked incredible. Ishii coming back with some... I think it was a dragon suplex at one point to, to Cobb look really impressive. It was a real fight. It was a slugfest. And yeah, Ishii being a, a coupon buster himself too. But for me, the definite highlight of uh, of this first B-Block day. Yeah, and I think this is going to be the pattern of a lot of the B-Block where Ishii turns out to be the highlight, especially when he's in there with some of the people we've mentioned in terms of, I think the match he has against Goto will probably end up being really good fun. They had a great match yeah. last year at Corican, didn't they? Exactly. He's, you know, the match that he'll end up having with, you know, I think Moxley, I'm really intrigued to see how, how that will go. If anything, he is like the solid, reliable wrestler in that block. He's the litmus test for a lot of the guys. He is. As well, I think. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, see how good they are. Like Cobb, he had a good match with. Yeah. We'll go on to the Jay White match in a bit. <laughs> um, Moxley is another one to see. That's a bit of a test for him. Juice as well, to some mm. extent. Yeah, it's interesting. Definitely. What star rating did you give it? I gave it four. Yeah, solid four as well for me. I liked it a bit more. I went four and a quarter. Mm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely the match of the night for me. Should have been the yeah. main event, I think. I mean, I get, you know, I suppose you can't really main event with a Jeff Cobb, but can you main event with Goto? Apparently you can. Jay White, Goto. Can you main event Jay White? Yeah, well, I mean, Jay White is who he allegedly is. And, you know, he's a former world champion, Joe. You've got to, uh, got to give him the credit. Uh, he's the star of the block. Brain. Not named Naito. It's Jay White, isn't it? He's the next kind of top guy, as scary as that is. Um, it was a Goto match. I enjoyed it. I thought the near fall run was fun. Uh, a lot mm. of Jay White shenanigans in there. 
but again, he's in there with Goto, and I do think there's only so much you can do. I went three and a half on it. Uh, I don't know what you guys made of it. Uh, you know, I went three and a half as well. I thought it was fine. I thought it was consistent enough. Um, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be a big Jay White fan, but he is. <laughs> he has improved. Mm. I'll give him that. Some of his control periods and matches I find very dull. Um, and that was the same here as well. But Goto looked kind of up for it as well. He had a lot of energy. Uh, yeah, it was it was fine. Like it was a solid main event. I thought. Well, apparently the G and G one stands for Goto. Um, Goto and his Lad Dojo T-shirt. Uh, you a big fat? You still not Goto yet? Uh, Lad Dojo. <laughs> uh, I went three and a half as well. Um, for me, it kind of felt like a bit of a summary of, of a lot of the time the issue I have with Goto, which is I really want Goto to do really well. He seems like he has pretty much a lot of those tools that he should have to be that really big star. Hmm. But ultimately, it's very good and not great, apart from his Wrestle Kingdom matches, which tend to be tremendous. That's the one time he's like... It's the thing I really like. Um, on the big stage, he's guaranteed to have a really great match. He has good matches in G1. Oh, no, he does. But it's it, it's still actually a little bit inconsistent compared with, with others and some of the more top-line established stars. Mm. It's just, for me, him going away, and he looks in great, in great shape. It's just that from a character perspective, everything else is exactly the same. Mm. And that, for me, is the... That's kind of the issue. Yeah. You know, he's, he's treading water as a character for a very long time in that company, really since the end of the Shibata series. Mm. It's like, what's the plan with Goto? Like, what, what do you yeah. do next with Goto? And I don't think there's an answer to it. Um, odd one, kind of. Get le- veteran run yeah. going for his... Kishida did to the juniors mm. division in many ways, where we'd seen everything he could do. And yeah. he's a good talent, but what is he offering? Yeah. That's it. Not much. Odd choice to, to put over on the first uh, big blue black night, but you know, maybe it gives you an extra story, makes him a little bit more credible going forward. I can I can maybe see see the thing yeah. there, but yeah, bit of a downer as a main event, but still That's, fun show. If it means we're not going to get Jay White in a final, then you know, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I, I'll be honest. I cheered when Goto won, and I cheered when Ishii beat Jay White as well. Wow, there you go. Big moments. Uh, so you're, you're emotionally invested, Joe. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you are. <laughs> we then move, we move it on to the A block, though. Uh, after that, on day three, we move back, and I almost entirely skipped Bad Luck Farley and Lance Archer. I just forgot it existed. I, I started with Osprey Sonata. Uh, it was only when it finished, I was like, I've only seen four matches here. What have I missed? I had to go back and watch it. Tell you what, it was like the New Japan equivalent of, uh, of Strowman and Bobby Lashley. Big hits, big bumps, maybe just not quite as good. Uh, I actually thought it was all right. Enjoyed it more than I should. Still hate the claw, uh, but Archer's looked all right so far. He has. Farley looks a state. <laughs> he does. The gear he as really well. Really does. The camo pants, not working for me. Uh, it, this has to be the last year of that because if you're going to be a big man in this, I, Archer all, every day of the week and twice on Sunday in there instead of Farley. But Farley, it's it's just like his job is to almost go out and have a shitter match really as he can kind of have at times. Mm. Or like doing very, very little and see what they can do out of it. It is like a weird test. He looks like a cheap bum fuck indie worker. He does. Well, he does. Like that. With his general T-shirt I, and the cigar. Look, I hate Tamatonga, but I'll take Tamatonga any day over Farley at this point. 
Yeah. Uh, Farlow's got more meme quality, I suppose, than Tamatonga, which is really something. Yeah. Well, I gave it 3.25, and I didn't expect to give a Farlow match 3.25. The average is 2.88 on Grapple, so maybe I'm the high man. But, you know, at least there's that. Maybe there's hope. Well, Osprey and Sonata was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was up next. That was fun. I'm, yes. They've taken away the elevator theme. I'm not a fan uh, of whatever that this does Copyright be. issue, isn't it? Yeah, Osprey said something about how he, he had an agreement, but now the, the, the label are being dicks, so he's lost it. Sorry to uh, Gareth's kids who uh, gave us a Belton rendition of that on a podcast yeah. a few weeks ago. Um, to be honest, though, Joe, I didn't I'm look... not crying too much over that song disappearing. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, but as much as I was kind of over the average on Farley. Archer, I was quite a bit under the average on this. I gave it three and a half. I liked it. The average is four mm-hmm. on Grapple at the moment. Maybe it's the Sonata factor dragging it down for me. It's For me, on paper, it was one of the least interesting Osprey matches. He obviously still made it good. You know, flipping out of the Paradise Lock and, you know, eventually getting trapped and thankfully getting a relatively clean win um, against Sonata. I was glad that happened daily. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm being harsh on it because of the Sonata factor. Would either of you higher on it than me? Yeah, I went four stars. I oh. thought this was it was my favourite match on the show. Um, but it's just Osprey, mate. He's just yeah. full of these Osprey big hitters, isn't he? Mm. Um, and I just love the, the the reversal sequences. The reversals of the reversals mm. was awesome. There was a whole sequence where it ended up them doing the sort of Osprey ricochet pose spot, which I absolutely loved. Um, it was kind of cool to see that sort of thing in a G1 it's not the kind of thing we usually see in this sort of tournament. You haven't really got an Osprey in most G1 tournaments. But, yeah, I love the way that Osprey did his research and they played off each other's signature offense really well to make it entirely unpredictable as a match. And it was a fresh match. Look, I'm no great Sonata fan, but this was one of the better Sonata matches I think I've personally ever seen or one of the more I've enjoyed. Mm. And yeah, I thought Osprey was, again, just the absolute man in this match. And I hope that he's not injured too badly because losing him this tournament is going to be just... Ah, it's not going Interesting one, that, isn't it? Because they're not being very specific on the injury. Is it an ankle, JP, or is it... They said it was a neck. A neck. Dave Meltzer oh, it's was ankles coater, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he, he got a stinger. Mm, yeah, d- they're going to make an announcement. I suppose it'll be imminently, won't it? I mean, we'll see how he is on the day. The thing I don't understand with it though is so the next, so his match will be on Thursday, won't mm. it? Okay, so if it's on Thursday and maybe he needs an extra day's rest, and he might be able to go on the Friday. Why not just swap and have one B block match? on the Thursday and one A block match on the Friday. I just don't understand why contingency planning in just swapping a couple of little minor things around mm. is that big of an issue. Tradition, Japan, isn't it? This is like the worst thing possible. You can't possibly do that. No. Yeah. yeah, they just won't. I mean, they just take it. I suppose it's precedent that, you know, if you don't show up for your match, you lose the points. Uh, but then again, yeah, we lose, we lose Osprey and Ibushi. And I'll be honest, like I love Will Osprey and like, if this is a ser- if this is serious or as serious as the playing up or more serious than I'm play- than the playing up, I mean I don't know if I believe the Kota Ibushi ankle injury as much as he's laying it on. But mm. throw them two out there if they're both banged up, they're gonna kill each other. I was so, gonna say. Yeah. On the one hand, I'm annoyed we're gonna lose the match entirely, but on the other hand, like it's probably not the best thing for them to face each other at all. This is the worst possible person he could be facing if you've got a bad, slightly bad neck is Kota Ibushi in some ways, isn't it? Kota can main event as well, isn't it? Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. There's three shows of the Corican following mm. following these. And so the pressure is going to be absolutely insane. And you can see Osprey going, no, I'm fine, I'll go out and do it. But mm. it makes you scared. That's Osprey all over, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm half excited, half scared for that one. But, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get some news in the, in the coming days. Uh, like I say, I'm below the average on Sonata Osprey, but it was fun. Uh, yeah. Next up, there was uh, Co- uh, Okada and Zack Sabre, middle of the card. I was quite surprised at that. Uh, mm. I don't know, maybe I'm not. Sorry, I didn't get your rating there on uh, on the last one. Oh, maybe, I, went, but maybe I went four stars so you went on f- Sonata Osprey as well. See, that's I the really average. enjoyed it. And the average for Okada Sabre is four stars, just below four stars as well. I went three and a half on this too. I don't know, it just didn't move me. It was the, maybe I was in a bad mood watching it, but, and it was shorter. I, I, I'm not a, always a huge fan of long Okada matches if they stretch it out to the full 30. Uh, I'm not sure if that had been better, but maybe the fact that it, being in the middle of the card. Sorry. What's up? Oh, could you not hear that? No, what's up? <laughs> There was a pop up that came Some up on his pop-up screen. Came up on my screen. What was it? Uh, it oh, I was looking at the G1 a safe for work one, and I got something from CBS Sports. <laughs> from oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I was hoping it'd be some like porn or something. Just to, uh... <laughs> That'd be more exciting. It wasn't the horse like last. <laughs> I just thought you were really offended at me saying that I'm not a huge fan of uh, logo card matches sometimes, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it just. Then I did move me. I thought it was fine. Three and a half stars. I'm not saying it was a bad match, but uh, and I still think Okada's winning the G1. By the way, I'm going to go to my deathbed with that. Um, but yeah, didn't love it. What did you guys think? I did, I've seen them have better ones mm. than than this. And obviously, you think of the this what was it the Sakura Genesis main they had. It was it a Sumo Hall they had that, and and even at the Strong Style Evolved shows that that we were at in. Um, in Manchester, mm. it wasn't up on that level. Um, it was fine. I went three and a half as well, and there was a lot to enjoy about it. But it just didn't feel. I don't know. It just didn't feel like the heat wasn't necessarily there for it. Mm. I don't know whether or not that was the placement of it being third, because obviously, you know, you look at it, you think you'd have that in the semi-main event above Ibushi it's, it's versus main Evil. Event main evented, yeah. Mm. But the idea of it being below Ibushi Evil seems <laughs> very odd placement. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I still went mm. uh, 3.75 on this one. It was quite short. I was amazed how short it was. And there's a chemistry there. Mm. And it was a really enjoyable match for the time it got and some of the stuff they did. Some of the work Zach was doing was like, ridiculous and was still surprising me at this point. I've seen a million Zack Sabre Jr. matches. So there's still that unpredictability to what Zack can do in a match mm-hmm. in his offense. And it's slightly different a card match to what we've seen recently. Shorter than, you know, these 40 minute epics that a card must be booked in every month as well. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite refreshing to see a card doing sort of slightly different matches, I suppose. Yeah. At least there's that too. Um, are there either you buying the, uh, my theory yet of, of winning the whole thing? The what? Sorry. Nah, Okada winning. Is it? Is it just the? Uh, I know because the English commentary. Oh, we haven't mentioned uh, Chris Charlton being, being on. Maybe this is a good time. But the English commentary are playing that up big. But at the same time, does Kevin Kelly really know what's happening? Um, he's probably just making his own stuff up. But I'm sticking to my conspiracy theory. Okada's running the gannet. He's going to win the whole thing. I can't see him doing it. Not with when you've got that many possible contenders you could have in there that you could 
you could kind of really give it to. Even if he gets the final, you'd have Naito beat him in the final, sure. Mm, well, you've got, thing is though, you've got two, you've got two Wrestle Kingdom uh, shows to book this year. If you're ever going to mm. break from tradition, because they're going to have to do something creative anyway to uh, to give them two big matches. Mm, I don't know. No? Yeah. Clutch of the straws. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I, I just can't see it. I suppose if, if it was on the way up and they were looking to build a card as the absolute, as the ace properly, then having him do it would be, I think, would would make sense. I don't see mm. how it's you know, in their interest in the year that they need four headliners, basically, I, that, I, to have a card to take up mm. that potential option of it. It doesn't seem like it, it, it would make much sense. It, it would be hard then to think who he'd go up against yeah. in, in a wrestling the main event. Believe me, that's a problem. I mean, definitely. I mean, they're mm. gonna, they'd have to be creative to kind of like have Okada pick pick his opponent or pick the runner up or you know pick someone who beats him on the way. But I think you know what I think my main theory comes from. I just in my head I've imagined you know when Gado sat him down and was like, "Listen, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put you on losing streak and we're gonna make you wear pajamas and we're gonna make you shout Scooby Doo <laughs> Doo when you do all your big moves." But at the end of it, you're gonna be the world champion who wins the G1. And Okada probably went, "Yeah, go on then." That's 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 the main thing behind my theory to kind of do away with the ghost of uh, 2018 Okada. Uh, but again, maybe it's just because I've I've picked it in my pickums. I'm I'm being really hopeful, but a boy can dream. Uh, but yeah, interesting though. Put well, you, you'll have pissed that G1 pickums if that happens. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, interesting it going on third. Uh, fourth was uh, Kota Ibushi and Evil went 3.75 on this one. Um, <laughs> The most I've cared about Evil in a while, probably mainly because of Kota Ibushi's ankle and his selling. Again, you know, whether it's real or not, I believe it's real when he's out there and he's limping out on his entrance and he's, mm. he's taking all that evil offense. Uh, they're putting Kota in a slump, much like they are a lot of other people, but I get it. He's got the injury to sell it. Um, yeah, despite Evil being in there, quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, I thought Ibushi was awesome in this one. Um, I thought his selling was great throughout Evil was the most I've enjoyed. It was the most I've enjoyed him in mm. a long time. Mm. Um, he seemed like he was really up for it as well. There were some good teases during it as well. As a point, I thought Abushi had it done, and the way that Evil sort of uh, put his comeback together was really explosive. Showed some real fire. Yeah, perfectly enjoyable match. Story made complete sense. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely the, the right match for the for the slot in the card, and yeah, just a nice. Maybe not one we're all going to be talking about at the end of the tournament, but a fun one. Um, what did you both yeah, think I, on Gravel? I went, th- I went three and three quarters. I had relatively low expectations, unbelievably, for this. But um, mm. like I mentioned about Kotobushi, like one-legged moonsaults and stuff like that, and just the tentativeness, which made me also agree with what you said, Ben, of thinking that this ankle injury is being overrated. Mm. Effectively, but yeah, three three and three quarters. Fair enough. Uh, I went the same on the main. Kenta and Tanahashi, uh, bordering on four, four, just about four is the average on grapple. Maybe I'm slightly bringing that down. Uh, really enjoyed it though. Uh, Kenta looked a little. I still, I'm. I mean, I still feel like it's the ghost of Kenta that we're watching. Um, I enjoyed them doing, you know, a bit of Shibata offense in this one, and the camera constantly cut back to him. It was as stiff as as seeing Kenta in a long time, um, just liking that Ibushi match. 
I don't know. I liked it. I, saw, I know people raved about it. I liked the story with Tanahashi refusing to shake his hand. I liked them trying to get Kenta over with the ghost of sleep. I even like, you know, as much as I complained about, not complain, but, you know, we pointed out to Okada being in the mid card. This was clearly in the main event spot just to let Kenta have that big speech. A lot to like here, uh, but still, all in all, didn't quite meet four for me. Don't know about you guys. Yeah, it got to four stars for me, this one. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I think with Kenta, my expectations are low. So uh, actually seeing him connect, get over, and do some more consistent work in this was great to see, if anything. I like the story they told him mm. as well. Uh, JP will probably go into that a little bit more in a second. <laughs> but there was some great aggression from Kent here as well. Mm. I thought him and Tanahashi had some chemistry, if anything. I don't think they've yeah. ever actually faced off against one another before. But yeah, it felt like I spoke last week about how he's Michael Owen and he needs to get that winner in a 4 3 <laughs> victory against the yeah. arch rivals. You know, that Man City Man United game. Here's Nova versus New Japan and he's coming up trumps and getting that 90th minute winner. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Don't know how to follow that one, but yeah, it is. It was. I also went four on this, mm. and and like you, everything that I really enjoyed, and this is where Chris Charlton really kind of went into it, and they went into serious detail at the start of the match, which kind of made it feel a bit more epic for me. And talking about the idea of this being effectively strong style versus King's Road, and the freshness of the matchup between them, and the fact that. Like you say, it was like Kenta was connecting. The crowd were definitely a lot more more invested. Tanahashi is some sort of god managing to do this on no knees at this stage of his career. It's, it's pretty incredible. But it gave, rather than it feeling just like a dream match, it just had that historical context of why it is a dream match, why, this, why you want to see this match. And that got me hooked. And also, like Joe, I've got low expectations of what I'm expecting from Kenta in this. And this felt like a kind of pleasant surprise. Mm. And it was like part of the rehabilitation. So you say it's, it's like the ghost. I still I still think he can be, I'm wanting to believe he can be revived. And matches like this don't necessarily, have won't hurt him. And it will make him feel good. I could see them also doing, possibly doing a rematch at King of Pro Wrestling. I think you could, you could do something really fun with that as well. Mm. Yeah, and there's more story to tell, isn't there? With yeah, like you say with the sh- the handshake stuff, and the Shibata. Shibata in there in the mix too. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm still not doing you know somersaults over it, but a little bit more positive on him after this one. And yeah, solid main event, better promo than Goto, so I'll take that. Yeah, um, and kind of wrapped up like again, nothing that I'm going to be talking about match of the year time, end of the year. I think we've got all that stuff to come, but. All in all, you know, I don't think we're going to get a bad A block card this year, but a very good A block card, I thought. Yeah, and I thought that those four matches generally, I mean, ignoring the Farley Archer match, like they were a strong run of four good matches that were, there wasn't necessarily much between them in terms of how great they were, but they were all good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was uh, one of those easy watch uh, mm. G1s, especially, you know, once I, once I realised I had a, I had missed a match, but yeah, fun show. Uh, we then headed back to back to the B block for night four. Um, again, finding the B block quite interesting at the moment, but I don't know. Start with Yano and Shingo. Uh, kind of worried me a little bit. Uh, I like that that Yano was kind of playing up the the Naito match uh, from the previous night, and you know, going for more of the t-shirt stuff. It 
it does make sense. Um, at least we get that. At least we got Shingo going over him. I was terrified. I'm glad Shingo's uh, on the board, just like uh, Osprey got on the board in his second go as well. Uh, again, another for me, two point five star. Yano takes the piss match, but with the right result. Yeah, and it is with the right result being the proviso in the mm. sense. Yano is yeah he operates in the perfect spoiler mode for it mm. but it doesn't this wouldn't whereas you can get away with it with Knight obviously you can't be doing this sort of stuff with Shingo so thank Christ they didn't mm, definitely um next up Goto and Juice any thoughts on that one Joe or or the previous match a Goto match three stars I gave you yeah I thought it was fine again um I think I might have gone slightly higher than that I think I went about three and a quarter on this one um I like Juice Robinson he's easy to watch I like his style he engages me I'm glad he went over um it's going to be interesting because him and Moxley are faced on the last night as well so I think that him and Moxley are going to be with a chance of winning the block come the last night as well so after last year, I think Juice only got like three wins last year and they jobbed him out a lot. Seems like they're kind of making up for that this year, giving a bit of a mini push, if anything. Mm. Yeah, that worries me a little bit that they're playing up the hand stuff with him again. Are they going to go like that? that is he going to, is that going to start having him lose and, you know, they go that story? But I do think, yeah, I think it's interesting that they're paired up near the end, him and Moxley. I do think he's going to get maybe his win back. Um, and I've, I've enjoyed the two matches, Juice Robinson, so far. You know, nothing nothing blow away, but I'm liking like this more serious edge to him. He's still got the ridiculous entrance outfit, but once he's in the ring, he's definitely a more serious act. Um, he's definitely, definitely showing some of the promise, JP, that we all kind of knew was there. Yeah, he is. I mean, in some ways, you're hoping that this, within a year's time, that he's really one of the Western Gaijin top stars there because he's kind of earned the right more than most ever do going through the dojo stuff system mm. willingly. Definitely. It's really, really like, I mean, credit to him and you see the improvement. Mm, definitely. Uh, next up, bit of a disappointment for me, John Moxley and Jeff yep. Cobb. 2.75 I gave her on Grapple. Thought it was a bit of a letdown considering the great night Cobb had in there with Ishii. Um, bit of a brawl and then a relatively straightforward Moxley win with that rope-assisted dirty deeds. Uh, didn't Again, didn't think it did a lot for Cobb. Again, joke, didn't do a lot for me as far as the Moxley argument goes. Uh, another walking brawl, really, and then, you know, not much substance once, once they did start getting to the, uh, the actual wrestling stuff. Yeah, it was just too short, wasn't it? Let's mm. face it. Uh, that was the problem with it. It was fine. I didn't mind it for what it was when it was going on. It just kind of was too short. We didn't have enough to play with anything. Um, yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of short Moxley matches throughout the tournament. I think that's the role that he's been putting. Slightly reminded me of when everyone was going about how Jeff Cobb and Riddle were going to have these amazing matches. And I remember finding their matches that they had in... I think it was like AAW or somewhere and being like, mm. what? That was not great because it only went about eight, nine minutes and then progress did that ridiculous match where they gave him like 20 <laughs> minutes. It was awesome. I'm not saying we're going to get that, but I think these guys another night with mm. a bit more kind of um, spotlight put on them, if anything, in a more prominent position on the car could probably have a much better match than this. Definitely. Not right now, either of them off yet. Just, yeah, maybe disappointment is probably the word. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Joe, you mentioned earlier, um, Jay White, Tomohiro Ishii, Gato's playing you like a fiddle here, Joe. Um, get, uh, doesn't take much to get behind Ishii, though, does he? Uh, I thought he was great in the match. I thought, as far as Jay White's shenanigans go, I gave this 3.75 stars. Uh, I don't love the Gato stuff, but 
it felt like it worked here. It wouldn't have, if, if Jay White was going over, I don't think I'd have loved it as much. But the fact that all the shenanigans kind of came to nothing and that Ishii got to fight back and do that cool counter from the Blade Runner into a flatliner, wasn't it? And then getting the nice clean with the with the Brain Buster. Again, another coupon buster from, from Big Tom. Um, but really enjoyed it. And I think they told a, told a good story and had a good emotional end, even if it was uh, just for you, Joe. Yeah, sorry, Big Tom made me laugh thinking of that ketchup. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it, this was this was the best match on the show. I thought um, uh, number one when you mentioned Ghetto there. Sometimes when I look at Ghetto and I see him in those tracksuits with that smile, do you ever think of the Asian bad guys who get very few lines that were often cast in eighties and nineties action films? Like made up the yeah. numbers in the backgrounds, like surrounded yeah, Jungle Van Damme. So, yeah, but then Tango and Cash, there's an Asian guy who uh, <laughs> Kurt Russell takes always up. comes back to Tango and Cash. Well, Kurt Russell takes him in in Tango and Cash, and there's that guy who's in Die Hard sneaking the chocolate bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. a, he's a stunt coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Under Siege as well. These Big guys, Trouble Little China. Yeah. All these, over that. These guys turn up at a lot of those films from that era, and Ghetto almost looks like he's doing a parody of that to some degree, and what, what he's doing with a smile, JP's <laughs> black cap on as well. <laughs> Anyway, as a match, like I'm not big on Jay White's chicken shit stuff. I find it incredibly annoying at times and counterproductive. But the best thing is they're not booking Jay White as this dominant heel, which they did last mm. year in the first mm. two matches, to get him over. But the same and shit over and over. Dunk up the, those two cards on that first couple of weekends last mm. sorry, first couple of shows last year. And so far this year he's had two pretty good matches where They've leaned into the chicken shit stuff, but he's not got his way with it. It works a lot better in a match with Ishii where Ishii can no-sell some of it as well, make these explosive comebacks, which I thought really worked in the match as well. I thought this was a really, really good match. It was the highlight of a night, and I really hope Jay White continues in this rich vein of form. And I hope Ishii's going to, but come on, Ishii, he's going to, isn't he? <laughs> Jay White, we've got to hold out hope for here. I tell you, you look the business as well, Jay White here. I love the white boots. I love the beard. He looks yeah. way better. Mm. Even the little necklace he's wearing looks quite good. The little pads he's got on his uh, like sweatbands and his arms even. Like his, he has improved. He has improved. You're not really going to be getting the Jay White rant this year as much as I'm just still, eh, about the guy. <laughs> well, we stuck it in the intro at least, JP. Exactly. Well, I was th- it was funny. I was... One of the things I was doing was listening back to sort of the, the Jay White rant. And one of the things that really came up was about how he wasn't part of this character. And you can't really say it this, like, so far. He he's is grown a, into it. He's a lot more grown into it. Now, what I'm hoping for, and this is more of a dream scenario than anything else, is that he tries the chicken shit stuff in his first two matches. He doesn't, he's shocked and he's lost and he realises that he has to really show something necessarily in the ring in order to get the victories. And I'm not hoping that it's in a particularly heelish way, but just something that is a bit more clinical in the ring, let's mm. say necessarily. And that would kind of cement him then and hopefully have some, some really sort of strong heated matches because the idea now at this point, well, he's got Tori Yano next. So, you know, well, there's going to be a lot of the idea being though that if he lost to Yano, that he would effectively kind of there's a good chance of them being out of the tournament. He'd be great at selling that if he did as well, but or, yeah. or selling the fear of losing it. I think that'll be and fun. I, and I think that will be fun. And I think there'll be a lot of that. I think there'll be a lot of fear of what Yano's going to do 
and the spoiler and, and obviously yeah and what he did with Naito on mm-hmm. that on that second night as well and they're going to play a lot into it I'm intrigued to see where this goes I mean there's a lot of good people for him to work around that block you know it'd be interesting when he gets to him and Juice again because they had that great match in um, in San Francisco then you're talking about um, the you know mention the ma- match he's going to be having with Shingo at some point as well there's a potential for Jay White to have a good run of good matches which will give him the kind of credibility that they're really looking for and hopefully he'll be booked that way and that any of the chicken shit stuff get kind of gets phased out mm-hmm. definitely yeah and all in all a good match a good jay white performance and relatively positive things from the three of us about jay white for once um well i won't that say it's good isn't it <laughs> well you know what it is it's what followed it because i tell you what mm. the only thing i've got to say about tai chi tai chi naito i know apparently it was in tai chi's hometown yeah busted out the iron fingers He's fucking shite, and the match was shite, and I gave it two point, I think two point seven five stars, and I felt like I was, I feel like I was generous now looking back at my grapple rating. Shouldn't have been a main event. Tai Chi over Naito, while hilarious, does have me scratching my head. Although you know, the prop, I think there is a story being told here with both Naito mm-hmm. and Jay White continuing to lose. But yeah, shite and a, a really disappointing main event. Um, it was shite, uh, just in case anyone missed that. Yeah. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> Any notes, JP? I've I've got a lot, as I've already shown on this show, that I, I've got a lot more tolerance for Tai Chi than oh. the new guys. But Valley's it was very good. But they're big mates as well. Mm. Him and Naito, because they've had a series of main events for this. Remember, they've they've had a good few matches. There was a Tai Chi promoted show that he headlined against Naito as well. So I wasn't surprised to see Tai Chi win this. They're hot on Tai Chi. He Why? gets those kind of reactions. Why? It may be one of these, it's Japan, slightly inexplicable things that we don't understand because we're not around, necessarily around the culture in, in, in which this character exists. But it's, yeah, it's not good. Um, it, is this going to be his only... I've, I don't think if you don't like this, I have a bad feeling he's going to be winning a good few more matches mm. with like the iron claw and whatnot throughout that so i'll take the mio like kind of shenanigans on the outside is it mio yeah. mio she, she's, she's very good at it mio Arbor. crying and all kinds like she's a yeah. good actress like because i can't i can't imagine caring that much about tai chi but uh <laughs> yeah i feel like if anything's gonna stop us from hating on jay white this year it's gonna be tai chi hate instead yeah i'll be skipping a lot yeah, <laughs> he's definitely the skippable man. Um, but yeah, decent show uh, for the B block. But I think maybe the main event dragged it down a little bit for me. But still, worthwhile endeavor. And you know, G one's uh, been a relatively easy watch so far. Talking of that, I've not skipped a match so far. Wow. Yeah. Oh, the undercard tags. Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> JP, have you been watching the undercard tags? <laughs> Other than the odd Lions match, obviously oh, there I'm we go. over them. And those those LA young Lions look good. Clark Connors and Ryan Fredericks. The, the lad dojo, JP. Oh, mate, if you're going to watch one, it would be the LA Lions and Kent. Uh, I know you're not going to watch not. it. Versus Renarita, Shota, Umino and Tanahashi. Because no. it was like a rivalry between the Young Lion tag teams as well. This is the real story of the G1. Who cares if they who fucking wins the G1? <laughs> who wins the Battle of the Young Lions? 
I am, but we haven't talked to any Red Pro, so you're slacking on your ones for once. Oh, well. Anything else then? G1, otherwise? Danger, uh, anything? Actually, we go? Red Pro are an affiliate in New Japan, so it's all New Japan. <laughs> part, part of the duty. There yeah. you go, we've got to put it over. Yeah. Checkmate, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it anything more anything more you're looking about, forward to about coming to Liverpool uh, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, we get out of here or uh, is that enough for one day well, I suppose we'll be watching some G1 together when uh, oh, yeah. yeah same weekend yeah let's get some uh, some podcasts recorded that weekend oh wow yeah in your house Benno looking forward to it you can come to my and then, uh, and then, and then we get room. on to the real highlight of the summer wrestling schedule Triple Mania he always brings it back to Triple A doesn't he Joe what is that Correspondency work once again. <laughs> <laughs> Always manager. Uh, but yeah, we'll make some plans for that. But yeah, it's going to be quite the summer. I'm feeling good right now. Uh, yes. Talk to me in a week. Uh, we're probably we recording... should say we're recording next Tuesday. Are we? Uh, Monday. Are we recording on Monday next week? We I are recording, recording Monday, Monday next There's week. There's no G1 show Monday, so I think we're good. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. Sorry. If Fuck. we're not, we'll do it. No, let's keep the audience on their toes. <laughs> is <laughs> it Monday or is it Tuesday? We'll, we will literally decide between us. There you go. Uh, but yeah, this one's gone long enough. Hopefully we can keep these things down, but there's a lot of, lot of wrestling to watch. So yeah, uh, the show notes will be your friends. But if we can do it every Monday and then we'll talk. SummerSlam weekend, a lot to watch. Uh, we'll discuss uh, how many shows we're going to do there too. But yeah, until then, anything to plug, JP? Anything you want to say? No, I've got no plugs. Enjoy the sun, people. Enjoy it. Enjoy that. Follow JP on Twitter at JPJP. I'll plug you if you want. Follow me at Benson Richard. Follow the Grapple app at Grapple app on Twitter. Download Grapple both on Android uh, and on iTunes. Uh, There is an Android uh, update coming. Um, I've seen Gareth tweeting that out to people on Twitter, so look forward to that. Um, but yeah, download the app, get your ratings in, and uh, join us in the G1 conversation. This is the uh, the the summer of grapple, the first time there's been a, a grapple app during the G1, so it's definitely uh, interesting seeing people's uh, ratings get collated. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll just have to have a word with Gareth, won't we, about our uh, our fantasy G1 next year? That's uh, that's that's stage two of the grapple app, I reckon. And I, and I think we're going to be getting Gareth to do some G1 stat based wildness as well. So I look forward to that. Definitely, yeah. We'll get get some of that stuff out there as well. But uh, yeah, you can forward to that. Look forward to us to talking more G one next week. We'll uh, have a little bit of a catch up on the news. We haven't had much of a news segment the last two weeks with so much to watch. Doesn't seem like there's much going on next weekend, JP. But the, I'm sure we'll find something. Um, but yeah, next week we'll be talking everything going on in the world of wrestling. We'll be talking G one. But for now, we're very tired, and we'll uh, see yeah. you next week. Bye. Sorry about your damn luck. I'm a creek swimming, moonshine sipping, deer skinning, beer drinking, Johnny Cash listening. Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. 
Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts.